Right, all ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the month again. It's time for another episode of the Dirt Bags podcast, and I am here with the one, the only, the Dan, the man, Curran. What's happening, brother? Oh, man, plenty's been going on. We've been very busy since uh, the Don River Dash, which was the last bit of footage that we put up. We've been cranking it out. Actually, been to Warri Alda since then and had a great time down in New South Wales. It was a good time down there with all the crew, but... We've been four-wheel driving, we've been camping, we've been hanging out, we've been doing all the things that a bunch of dirtbags do, Josh. Yeah, exactly right. Now, the people at home will see that there is a man sitting directly to your right, my left. He looks excited. Um, we promise you he's not asleep. He is actually awake there. He's probably looking like that because Jill stopped listening, but he's probably already sick of our shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, we need to address the elephant in the room. Obviously, this is our father for anyone that knows. This is none other than the absolute legend, John Curran. But, mate, tell us, did Jules jump the fence? Because there's no way <laughs> that Josh and I – just kidding, mate. Just kidding. It's best All we right. don't go there. Just leave it alone, eh? Because this guy's about 68 kilos ringing wet, and I tell you what, Josh no, and no, I no, are no. not. 63. <laughs> oh, well, the, well again, uh. again. But I tell you what. Uh, we're going to get into it a bit on this podcast. There's plenty to talk about, about different things and racing and everything else. But uh, I guess if you want to know why we're putting this podcast specifically together. Hey, sorry, I'll interrupt you there, Ooh, DC. here we go. Hey, like I said, uh, you did mention Don River Dash and some of the things that we did there, the live stream of the race and stuff like that. That's something that we want to continue doing, being able to bring racing to the people. So if you like our podcast and you also like what we did at the Don River Dash, uh, we've got a few other things in the pipeline. but like and subscribe. Click Holy the bell. moly. This is Instagram famous right here. Oh, Cowboy you're tune is right. going to be all over me. Absolutely. I tell you what, it, you're absolutely right because, uh, yeah, I know that all the uh, the cool YouTubers do it, but it definitely does help the algorithm. And if you want to see dirt stuff, that's what we want to do too. Uh, we just love it. Where No one's getting rich out of this stuff. Absolutely not. We're electricians by day and electricians by dollar. I can tell you that. But uh, you're absolutely right. That like and subscribe and even the comment down below and all that sort of stuff does so, help so us. So continue or uh, download our podcast as well. If you're listening through the, uh, if you're listening through that way, Spotify, uh, we're also on Apple Music. So you can follow pages as well. So make sure you do that for us as well. Because oh. we, we love getting to do this for you. And it's something that we uh, madly enjoy. Actually, I just looked at this. JC, see, we're jumping all over the place. But. Is that the GU in the background I can spot? Did, wow, you, so did, you, did you know we were, we were going to record that way and you have parked it that way on purpose? Beautiful. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Did you bop the limiter on the way here? No, no. I think she actually oh. chewed a belt, a power steering belt on the way over. But anyway. Oh, is this a true story? Yeah, true. Oh, no. She's a good old girl, though. <laughs> Nissan's never break this. Unlike Not that the Jeep junk. Jeep. Oh, junk. No, but you're absolutely right. So let's let's back it up. Now we've done a few things here and we've uh yeah, it's gonna be one of those podcasts if you're listening along. I hope you're in for a good time. But this is our father. And I tell you what, if there's one man that has suffered at the yes. helm of Josh and I and our uh let's say antics, it is this man here. The dude, you've probably heard us talk about him on the podcast before. All the boys know who he is, that's for sure. 
And, uh, you know, he's the guy that uh, swore for the once and only time when we're think prepping. Uh, he's the guy that was very unhappy that a certain young Josh Curran at 20 came home with 37-inch tires for a Hilux. What was, what was the exact words? You are a bloody idiot. Yeah. I think something along those lines. So, you know, this man I'm going to go inside and punch your mama right in the face. No, no, no. He never no. said any of that sort of stuff. But you're right. It is very, very uh, – you've suffered at the helm of the boys, haven't you? Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't call it suffering. There's just been a few things that have happened that. Ah, uh, mate, six a.m. on think prep. It was suffering. I'm telling <laughs> no, you. No, it wasn't six a.m. I think you were up me at like five a.m. <laughs> two hours. Hey, yeah, yeah, up you. I don't like this wording. <laughs> I don't like what that insinuates. Uh, I was late. I think I was having another cup of tea, and you sort of hooked into me for being a bit late. Anyone that knows JC <laughs> knows that that is absolutely the truth. The cup of tea statement makes it uh, legit. So I tell you what, and um, I suppose let's get back into the very start, JC. I probably want to hear some of these stories. I'm sure I've heard them before, but let's start with the car thing, mate. You're an old West Rocky boy, Rockhampton massive as, uh, you know, central Queensland. One of the shout out to Hoggy right now. I was going to say, a, he's a West Rocky boy. One of the strong arms of uh, mad dog off-roaders and car guys and everything. And I mean, it really started back when you were, a, what, a young teen or even pre that older brothers. Yeah. To, uh, my older brother was uh very mechanically minded and into cars. Um, I mean, he had a, I think it was an FC Holden. Well, well, I'll just leave that there. Boo. Then he saw the light and got a VC Valiant. Hey, but, my man, yeah. my man. But he was always into mucking around with him, and I think that's where it all started. And uh, we spent a lot of Sundays, um, you know, mucking around, putting new clutches in cars. This is a Holden, not the old VC. Yeah, yes. Nothing went wrong with it. Um but yeah, no, they they were they were good times, and that's I suppose where I learned to tinker and and muck around. I mean, I've got no, um, you know, official qualifications in that area, but no trade or anything no, like that. No yeah. trade in that area, no. But I mean, I'm, I suppose reasonably good at it. No, he's being <laughs> humble, guys. This guy is an absolute master, and we'll get into that later on when you understand that. The one thing that I think I've always tell you, way, and you're going to hear this through the podcast continually, is. The, the craziest thing is that you've got a true can-do attitude. I mean, I, I remember with Fort and Gearbox and that, and everyone's like, no, nah, no, nah, you got to send it to the gurus. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, send them to the guru if you can afford it. It's very good. But Josh and I were very tight races. I mean, you've always had the – and this has been motorbikes. This has been cars. This has been Yamaha gearboxes on motocross bikes. You know, you've always sort of gone, let's have a crack. Let's see what happens. And we've generally, knock on wood, Got it pretty right. Well, I actually can't think of a failure, so. Oh, yeah. that's a that is a bad statement right there. I think we're in for trouble here. As as he tells the story about his past steering belt failing on the way to the podcast, but he still got here. He still got here, Hang so on, it does it count as a failure? I didn't design that or put it on. Ah, so. uh, gotcha. But let's because what I'm interested in is the progression because I know you. So the background of us guys, really, the current families, truly we're a bit more of a streetcar family than we were an off-road family. We're actually into valiance and into this and into that and always had a little bit more, well, it, it was you guys, you sort of, um, no, I'm still jumping the gun here. Let's be honest. The reality was that four-wheel driving for you started in your earnest. In 1981, 82. Yep. Where you purchased? A World War II Jeep. Yep, and that really because you were passionate about war yeah, things, or I, just I, no, I wasn't. I, I wasn't big into war as such, but I, the look of the World War Two Jeep always appealed to me, and um, and I heard rumours that they were fairly capable. And I must admit, in 1981, 82, 
uh, they were very capable. There wasn't much around. I can't think of anything that really gave it a run for its money at the time. I remember once up the back of uh, Rocky up, going up the side of Mount Archer and uh, there was a guy, I don't even, can't even remember, I think it was a Nissan 720 or something or other. And we we're trying to, well, I climbed this big bank and he had about four or five goes and I thought he was just mucking around. And he goes, no, nope, that's the best I could do. I'm in low range and four wheel drive. And I just couldn't believe how poorly that thing performed in in comparison to the old World War II Jeep. Yeah, listen, it's interesting because I think that that's something that, you know, we'll, we may get a little bit of hate from this, but the reality dictates that, you know, you always get these guys, because I'm thinking in the 80s when I was a very young tacker, and we were four-wheel driving around with you and doing different things. And it's not like we didn't do anything. And, you know, we hung out with Suzuki guys. We hung out with Land Cruiser guys. We hung out with all sorts of stuff. And reality dictates that, you know, like the things that the Jeep would do unlocked pre, because we'll get down this path as well. The Jeep now has a rear diff lock and is very capable. But back pre-diff lock stage, even then, like, you know, we used to hang out with guys with diff lock Sierras and stuff. And honestly, the Jeep did easily as good. I don't yeah. want to talk it up too much. It was better, but let's say at least as good as Diflock Sierras, which is interesting because you yeah. always hear that rhetoric statement that, oh, you know, like Suzuki's go everywhere. Well, Suzuki's didn't go anywhere compared to a World uh, War II Jeep. I mean, that's a load of rubbish, really. Um, I like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, actually, I did. Uh, if, I you, mean, if you wondered what conversation we we're going to get, have a look at the shirt he's wearing yes, as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, just being realistic, the other things, the, the things that Suzuki's did, continuously that the world war ii jeep didn't was roll over sideways because they were too narrow and um i mean they didn't have half the go that the jeep had or they did if you pulled up six thousand revs in them but uh, i remember the first time i drove a suzuki after driving the world war ii jeep i stalled it about six times because i realized how little torque the thing had yeah well interesting dad because you say that uh, going down the um path of the i think People have to understand how good and talky those long stroke go devils were. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy motor. It's a very long stroke engine. Won't won't rev, but it just hangs on ridiculously because it's so, you know it's long stroke. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say I remember at Five Rocks years and years ago on the waterfall track, guys were mucking around trying to climb it. And this is this is pre it being shut, of course. Shorty Nissans were looking like they're going to go over backwards, and I thought I better have a go at this. It looks pretty bad. Uh, as Dan said, unlocked. That old World War II Jeep went up. Not really any dramas at all. Anything you got to watch with the old girl, of course. It's very old. Brakes aren't that flash. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, can yeah. I that's true. I think that's one of the biggest issues that we always had, wasn't it? It was, it yeah, was brakes. Well, they're built in forty-one or forty-two, so you drums know. all round. You know, nothing but the yeah. best. But they are hydraulic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Not cable operated. Yeah. No, listen, it's interesting because it's an interesting time and I didn't really probably, I know you were always into motorbikes. So you rode motorbikes yes. for a long period of time in the 70s and 80s, like an early 80s sort of thing until you got into the Jeep stuff. I know we still motorbike road, but I probably can't remember you going from five uh, from uh, Alton Downs days out to Five Rocks and that on your 500. Or did you do that in these those days or it was more? Not from Alton Downs. I certainly rode from Rocky, North Rocky to um, uh, Five Rocks and back. And I can tell you, it was like, it was a big day because it was like essentially gravel from, you know, um, probably what, five or 10K after the, where Byfield Road meets, uh, I don't know, whatever road is, Byfield Road, it's Farmer Road. Um, and it was like pot holy and a mess. And, and uh, getting to Five Rocks itself in those days was just a totally different ball game to now. Uh, there were water holes that would swallow a motorbike totally. If you got it wrong, your bike would go underwater. And the same thing applied to cars where, I mean, now, honestly, it's a piece of cake going in there. 
but there was like kilometers of that floodplain sort of stuff and you could bury your bite and drown it and hydraulic it and it was a real mission in those days but it was good fun and we all enjoyed it that was the days of course when we rode without helmets and well i was going to get into that because that was the days anyway. when men were men and and men were very very uh, silly because yeah, yeah you're probably you know, right back i mean in the day, i would recommend everyone wears a helmet yeah but like yeah. in the 70s it was nothing for you to ride all the way to the basically to where it got off road take your helmet off and hide it in the bush and yeah then ride. you're right we put it in the bush under a tree and under a bin, uh, yeah, ride for six seven hours and come back and put it on to go home uh yeah it was just cooler and better and and no, no servos or anything in those days. No, so, no, you'd carry um, three or four or five liters on your back, and uh, hope that you didn't spill it on the way up, and that would get you back home. So, no, uh, they were they were good times. Very different up there now. Um, yeah, no, it was it was great. It was good up there. And that obviously, obviously, um, you know, gave you the the taste for off road and taste for four wheel driving. And because did you? You didn't camp in those days? Because, I, again, I, when we were young fellas, I remember you being a bit of an avid camper. Like, we used to go to Morton and Stratty and all these things in both the Jeep and the old Sahara Land Cruiser that we had back in those days. Like, when did you get into camping and, and that off-road lifestyle? Uh, probably more once once you boys were like, oh, well, actually, you were probably two or three or something like that. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, we had the Olgate boys floating around as well. And so that was really when we got big into the camping thing. and. Uh, I think you might have been talking earlier today, Dan. Some of those were fairly big missions, carting all the gear and everything uh, on the World War II Jeep because it's not exactly the biggest, and we'd tow a trailer in sometimes as well. So, um, But we did it, and we managed it, and uh, we had good times. Yeah, uh, absolutely some of the best times growing up. I remember a lot of trips there. and and So that's interesting because then the next side of it is that, how do I put this politically, but like you know, nowadays we've got a lot of information. We've got a lot of, you know, YouTube videos and how-tos and people on Facey telling you different things. Like, how did you guys learn to four-wheel drive? Like, what was the information pass on? Because, like, I suppose this is this is one of the things that I want to go down a bit of a track. Like, again, very biased opinion, but you were always a bit of a legend back in the day. Like, I remember doing Jeep trips and all these things. And, and the big dog over here, he'd be in single-digit tire pressures straight up, and we'd be going – on river trips and up sand dunes oh, and all king this of the kids too there he was, was the king a of the kids. kids hanging out of his jeep and then we often because oi life has not changed because i'm going to go down this path again ladies and gentlemen i know you're sick of me talking about it but like you know even to this day we seem to have this thing where people are stuck on tire pressures yeah. they do not want to go down they do not think it's valid they don't think it'll work in whatever situation we were talking about some of these big name YouTubers the other day, senior. Yeah. And, uh, I know you know, about. yeah, we probably all know. And he said his words were, I didn't think it'd make that much difference going from 15 down. And I don't understand this concept. But at what point was it just trial and error in your days? Like, because obviously you didn't have guys on Dirtbags podcast going, oi, dump your tire pressures, go lower. Well, I think a lot of it was a learning. Um, it just happened. Like, I remember one day, particularly, we were up the Fitzroy River. And uh, I must have tried to cross something and I got stuck in the World War II. It was that real quick, sandy, mongrel, pebbly stuff. The only problem was the Jeep was in a little bit of water right at the edge, but it was flood time and the water was coming up. So I thought this mightn't end well. So I think I let the tyres down like virtually flat. They might have had two PSI or something in them, backed out, pumped them up and went home. 
Yeah. Now, if I hadn't done that, there's no way in the world I would have got that Jeep out because mm. no such thing as a winch. Nobody else there. Yep. So uh, I think I just learned really early that um, desperate times call for don't muck around, just let the suckers down and then pump them back up. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with people. They they, they crap on about wrecking a tire or something. Whereas, you know, I've seen guys up there go, okay, you might be going to wreck a tire, man, but you're going to blow a motor or cook an auto, wreck a clutch, but blow then, a diff, but that seems to be all right. Interestingly, to go down that statement then though, senior, in all the stuff we've done, and believe us, we've rolled tires off at zero PSI and we've done, we've never actually wrecked a tire. I've never had to, the only time I've ever wrecked a tire is when it was actually pumped up too much and it exploded because it was an old tire. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I actually need to tell you that. You know how you let me borrow your van on the weekend? <laughs> Thanks, mate. I heard this story. <laughs> oh, she's busted. Anyway, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you're right. I can't think of a tire that we've actually wrecked from running it. So it's hard. interesting that that's, that's an honest belief. Uh, I, I will chime in and say I did wreck a couple of tires on that GU uh, from being too low. But they were also, uh, I think they had like close to a hundred thousand Ks on them. I was going to say, so, I so see, they that's were, what I mean. they I, were, no, no, but yeah. yeah, they were old tires. And then from um, letting them down very low and going up, they they just developed uh, whether the sidewall got pinched or something like that. But they they just slowly yeah. deflate up. Like you'd pump them up and you'd you know wake up in the morning and it would be on, rather than being on sixteen to be dead flat, you'd pump it up. And it'll just slowly go flat. So, but that was, I will prefix that, that was not good tires. They I were, was going to say, those tires, were, yeah, they were crappy tires. Those tires needed changing yeah. 20,000 yeah, 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 but I just want to, I just wanted to prefix it with yeah. that. Get all the uh, information out there. Yeah. And then the other story that I remember pretty well, because I think I was about six or seven and I, you know, you, you'll tell me the true story, I'm sure. But what was the story? Because I, I sort of remember that we had a lot of trouble getting off one of the exits at Fraser with the cruiser towing as well. It's about a kilometer long. Is this a, the? Am I on the right track? I, I remember a few things, but the anyway, looks, yeah. And I think the Kings were there as well, and we had a lot of trouble getting off a certain exit. And then basically, we did it two or three times. I can't remember exactly how long. Again, it was a long time ago. But then from where we were stuck with the trailer, we went from let's say twelve to eight or something like that, and drove from where we were essentially and drove up to the top, pumped the tires up. Yeah, I do. I actually, I, I couldn't when you first started talking about it, but I do remember that. Yeah, we'd had a couple of goes at it. As I said, it was a learning thing, eh? And then I thought, because it was a bugger backing all the way down with a trailer on. Yeah. And I thought, ah, let's just try letting the tires right down. Yeah, like you said, just idled away from where we were stuck. And here's another funny statement about that, because this is, you know, we're, again, we're talking about the late 80s, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, that was that was old granddad's trailer. Like, it's not like it's a camper trailer. It's not like it's got hydraulic airbag suspension. No. Like, it's amazing now that I think that, um, you know, in this generation, we think that if we don't have multiple fridges, lithium batteries, solar, three awnings and a phone, we can't go camp. And we don't have, if we don't have a phone, whatever brand trailer, that's the latest and greatest. We're, like, there's no way you could go. But we used to, like in the eighties, you know, you'd, yeah. you'd trundle on up to fiveies and you'd do this and you'd go to Fraser and you'd go to yeah. Morton. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because, I was young enough. I didn't give a crap. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just get dirty, you'd get muddy, who like. Have a swim. You, yeah, yeah. Well, we were at that age where you would literally just fall asleep. Wreck your yeah. last set of clothes. Yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, he says, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Coffee. No, but you're right. Like that's where it's very interesting. Is that? Um, and again, I'm not professing that. Hey, man, let's be all hardcore and not run a fridge. I run no. a fridge, guys. I. It's it's nice to have those luxuries, but I suppose again, we're on the push that 
and I've always said this and lots of people say this, but don't, don't miss out on these experiences because you don't think you have the right gear. You don't have the right, you no, know, get right. your mates yeah. together, go and have, <laughs> well, sirs, go and have a good time. And, um, you know, cause again, back in those days, it was like, I don't even, what did we sleep in? Cause it wasn't swags. It was like, what, tents? We and, might have had a tent, yeah. Well, we definitely had a tent yeah. at fiveies. I remember that. Yeah. And it must have been, what, roll-up mattresses on the ground? Yeah, or? I think so. I so. On tarps. Yeah. tarps. And remember the blue tarpaulins that used to get like, yeah. yeah. And that was if it was windy oh, and raining. Yep. Yeah. So amazing the stuff that you do. I remember that same t- uh, uh, trailer that we're talking about, Granddad's trailer. I remember you having a, a uh, mattress rolled out in the back of it and sleeping in this yeah. little, you know, it's a. am talking about a, a a dump trailer, like a eight by five dump trailer, like yeah. you know, and it was cool. Hey, we had the best why not, why time. And, sleep in it, yeah. No, so yeah, it's it's something that I think is um super important now, and I encourage it all the time. Is you know, again, you hear people they're planning these ultimate Cape trips or these ultimate desert trips, and and yep, plan your trip, have a great time. But man, we had some good times back in the day, and we did those trips. We did, yes, and um, you know, like that's something that I think that a lot of people put too much emphasis on. Oh, I don't have remote res shocks in my car yeah listen slow down have a good time listen there's there's fuel everywhere you know there's all these myths that if you don't have the long ranger tank or if you don't have this and again it's all nice to have like i i I love the modifications everyone knows that you love modifications no actually you hate modifications (laughs) because you got to fix them (laughs) but yeah like it's just interesting because i remember those as very good days dad yeah uh, just a thought I had while you were talking about that. They were good times, and a lot of things have changed now because a lot of the pla- I, I can think like a lot of the places that we used to go you, uh, are now closed. Yeah, they're closed, and that's yeah. a, that's a bit of a shame because yeah. I mean we didn't do anything to wreck them really. No, um, you know, I think about driving into the caves at Mount Morgan and whatnot, things yep. like that. I mean, we explored so many places, and uh, it was very seldom anyone chatted you or got on to you for being there or, yeah. ch- or chased so, you so just to fill people in at home uh what dad's talking about is uh when we were young we used to go up to the mount morgan mine which is now closed and fun fact it didn't it used to be the richest gold mine reserve in the world mm. made mount morgan in the early 1900s one of the richest towns in the world as well it actually uh it also launched bp there yep. you go B- yep. bp come out of mount morgan so that's great Yep, they, yep. they used to sail from England. Yes. And sail over and Bloody have bad houses over there and everything. Bloody it was a big English. trip. I want a coxie saddle there. But um, <laughs> yeah, so this was an old hard rock gold mine. So relatively safe. Like, you know, it's not like uh, coal mining or anything like that where you have dramas with, with roof falling in and stuff like that. But we, um, yeah, what dad's talking about is we used to go and explore well, around. Well, well, we just found that. We didn't really yeah, know yeah. it was there. No, no. That's we what I mean. We just started driving up the side of this hill. Yep. And we get near the top and we go, hang on. There's openings in the side of the hill, and we we went inside, and it was quite big. As it turned out, it was an old mine that they used to. Um, I think they mine clay or something yeah, like that. Limestone, it. wasn't it? I think it was actually limestone to make to make the bricks that uh, are in the chimney that I mm. think is still standing. Ah, uh, still is. Yep, mm. yep. Yeah. So, so, so what you're saying is right, though. Do you think that? And this is probably a great statement coming for us because, uh, listen, we'll put our hand on our hearts. We're, we're a bit of cowboys every now and then and have a good time. Do you think that there was a little bit more respect back in the day in the sense that, like, something that I probably think that we need to get back to is that there's a lot more four-wheel drives around, a lot more floating around. Like, probably people didn't do donuts where they shouldn't do donuts and stuff a bit more. Or do you think that was always something that was going on? It's just that because it was sparser? Or less social media. 
I mean, yeah. No, I'm just interested. Uh, I mean, in, yeah, yeah. I suppose there's more people around now. Um, it probably did go on to some extent. Um, but a lot of the places that we went were like quite out of the way places, mm. and most of the time we would be probably the only person there. Yep. So you didn't see anyone doing that sort of thing. And and when you think about it again, the more and more places that get shut down, the more and more the double yeah, islands and that yep. are going to get yep. overrun, yep. aren't they? Yeah. Like, you know, instead of having 50 people in 50 locations, we've now got one place with 50 people. Yeah. So it's going to be a bit you, more no, you mean one place with 500 people. people. Yeah. Correct. Yes. You said rather than 50 people <laughs> in 50 locations. Oh, oh gotcha, yeah, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Quick math. Yeah, yeah. Two plus two. No, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting that that's a thing because I, I agree with you, Dad. It's it's interesting and, you know, there used yeah. to be a few joints that you knew where to go if that was what you wanted to do and they seem to have shut them down and that sort of has spread people, which I don't yeah. think is a good thing. But no. I understand rules are rules, Yep. yep. but it is hard because I, I, yeah, definitely with the management side of things and because there's lots of things too because back in your day, Dad, and, and my day, I'm not trying to act young. I'm, I'm an old but you know we used to have some guys were into streetcars some guys were into street bikes some guys were they seem to have because the uh the form of uh vicious policing which i understand they're saving lives i I get it but you know you can't have a turbo skyline you can't have a big street bike you can't what are you going to get into or driving turbo patrol it's awesome like and they are like i love them why aren't you kids are going to modify their cars not even a turbo one but you can get a you could buy a 4.5 like the old girl over the shoulder there and you can throw a four inch lift in it. You can put, you know, two inch, two inch lift. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah but, legally, uh. but you, but exactly good point, Josh, is that you can do a lot of little mods to them. You can have a lot of fun as an apprentice and you're not, you know, going crazy. Are you? Absolutely. That's right. Bang a couple of lockers in them. Yeah. Have a, and then car. you're out on the weekend. And I suppose we're sounding like a broken record, but honestly, I'd rather see young fellas be doing that and having swags out at Blackdown Tablelands or up at Double Island Point than be on the gear at the clubs. I know that's a fine, very broad statement, but like, you know, we, we, Josh and I were never really into the clubs because we were always camping. We too broke. Uh, yeah, yeah, got cars to buy, but we loved four wheel drive. We had a great bunch of mates that all loved we did, it. Yes. We, we were very lucky. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. So. So, sorry, we've done a massive, like, because I was just interested in your opinion on the 80s full driving scene. But so you you had the Jeep and then obviously we started expanding and then, you know, we probably had a little bit of a hiatus there where we moved to town, didn't we? We come off the farm, not that we had a big farm. Well, but can we circle back to the Jeep for one? Because I, I got a few questions for you as well. So it's uh, touching on what Dan said about, you know, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have anything like that. Um. How the heck did you build that thing? Because for, for people that don't know, it it essentially required a full rebuild, the, the World War II Jeep. So what, what state was it when you got it? It it was going. Um, I never, I till this day, up until this day, oh, sorry, I have touched the diffs because I put a locker at the rear. But it's never broken a, a, a diff or an axle. Um, I took the top off the gearbox and said, Ah, it's got a few pits in it, but she's good to go. I that last Sorry, guys, just again, to clarify this, what year is this that you rebuilt it? 82. And it's now 2022. Uh, I rebuilt the gearbox, uh, I don't know, two or three years ago here in Yipoon. Yep. So it lasted that long. Whereas the purists would have looked at it and gone, ah, need to replace all that stuff. So that's how much, how many years I got out of it. I did rebuild the engine. It was going, but it was, wasn't smoky, um, but 
I bought it slightly and put new pistons in it and which is interesting because the pistons the new pistons arrived and they were uh world world two vintage in um wrapped in grease paper so you cut the grease paper open and they're like still like brand new even though what they would have been manufactured in 43 or something like that and i opened them in 1982 they were still like perfect yep they could do things good in the old days that's uh, certainly in wartime yep um yeah. Sorry, but I, I guess what I'm saying is well, I, I did sandblast the whole thing. That, that's so that's what I was yeah. getting at. But that's probably the thing that stuck in my mind. Is so I remember uh, as I a young it. fella growing up looking at photos, and one of the photos that always sticks in my mind is I even think it might have been out near the front wooden doors of Alton Downs house, and I, I don't uh, think I don't think the veranda was concreted yet. But you you had the whole thing in pieces or or no, the no. rims and everything. In, in it was a, a Schmitty. I rebuilt that car at in it a, was a Schmitty in our brand new house in Schmidt Street. Was too uh, in the days when you could do that. Um, yeah, I sandblasted the chassis and all the body. Um, I had a mate <laughs> who had a sandblaster. I didn't know what he was talking about when I rocked up um, to do it. He goes, "There it is." I, I look over and the sandblaster was run by a six cylinder. Ford diesel truck engine. It was a massive thing. Yeah. Anyway, I think if I'd sandblasted long enough, I could have probably got rid of the whole Jeep. <laughs> but it was in pretty good nick. Had very yeah. little rust in it. Yeah. Um. But the big effort once you sandblast the whole thing is you got to, within hours, you need to prime it. Yep. So that was a big job. But once it was so, done, so did your mate give you a bit of a run through how to sandblast, yeah. or, or was it the same deal yeah, like you were trialing it? Oh, that's that. You know, you found an old crappy uh, bit of steel and, and no, gave no, it a hit. no he gave me a 15 minute tuition and i put this great leather thing on yeah and grabbed all of this great big hose and went to town yep and yeah it it does a magic job there's no question about that that was probably in the days before people were concerned about silica um but yeah no that was it and then i i painted it and put it all back together i mean to be fair they're fairly simple i mean yep very little wiring in them yes um but they're quite there's a lot of things in them that are very um, easy to work on, and that was done purposeful, purposefully because, I mean, they were a World War II vehicle. They, that's what they were designed. They, would, they were actually designed to last like about 12 or 15 hours in combat. and um, But they also, they knew some of them would last, and they needed to be very easy to work on and to swap bits because I don't know whether people know that half of them were built by Ford and half were built by Willys, but everything on them was interchangeable. That was part of the deal that uh, the U.S. government but, uh, but, what, but what's the story with the F on some of the parts of your car? Uh, every every Ford Jeep, uh, Henry Ford didn't want to build them, but he, he was told by the US government he had no choice. Uh, so he built them and he said, oh, well, I don't want anyone to mistake my parts for Willie. So he put an F on everything. Because he believed but, his were superior? Yes. Yep. He didn't want his bits to be a and mistaken. When, and when you say everything, you mean everything, everything. down to the bolt. Yep. Like the bolt head has head an F bolts, on it. everything, seats. We'll actually, axles, everything, gears, blah blah blah. We'll actually try and get a photo of uh of what we're talking about on on Dad's Jeep, and we'll um we'll post it up onto our Instagram so yeah. you can see what we're talking about. But yeah, there's a couple of Dad's parts on his car that are actually. Worried about uh, whether or not whatever part they what, needed. whatever part they needed, they yeah. ripped off a jeep that was on the uh, on yeah. the side of the road. But yeah, so Henry, the story is yeah, Henry Ford believed that he was building a superior product than Willys, so uh, he he uh, he wanted everyone to know what were his jeeps and what were the Willys jeeps. Yeah, correct, correct. Yep. because he didn't want to build them in the first place, but he had no option. Didn't want to build them, or didn't uh, want to didn't want to build them in tandem. Uh, this, the, I think the story was that he didn't want to do it. Yep. He probably had enough other stuff going on. He yep. would have been building 
other, other war stuff. Because all the manufacturers were involved with war production. Um, but the US government, because of his massive production capacity, uh, they, they realized that Willie's, yeah, they looked at things like, well, if someone bombs Willie's, you know, we want an alternative or, you know, an, an, another mob that are going to make them. So they quickly said to Henry, no, 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 you're not listening. You are <laughs> building the Jeep. Yeah. Oh, right. So that's where he said, oh, well, I'll, I'll forward F script on everything. Yep. Ah, interesting. Yeah. It, there's a lot of history, isn't there? It's a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of technology, like really four wheel drives in that era. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, you'll hate this statement, but any patrol, any Toyota, any Land Rover up until like the eighties is really when technology started to change. They are Jeeps underneath, whether you like it or not. Like a 45 series is a direct clone of a Jeep and the Toyota boys will hate that, but that's reality team. Land Rover, I, 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 literally I, I, Land Rover said that they looked at a Jeep and basically made their own Jeep and yeah. that's what they wanted. Yeah. I mean, the very first uh, Toyota, you listen to the bonnet on that and go, hang on, that's a Chevrolet engine. And then I'm pretty sure the Nissan had an Austin engine on. Yep. So, they, so, the, so the, the Japanese were very good at copying stuff initially and there's no doubt that they did it fairly well. Yes. They, they ended up doing it very well. And of course they've developed now and, and, um, you know, they're a major world producer of cars. Mm. Well, we can go down a rabbit hole there, Dad, because I know something that you'll always love to talk about is like how the Japanese, you know, we were into the Jap cars for a little bit there and we had, uh, you know, dual overhead cam cars and that. And we, we thought we were pretty deadly in the 90s having two litres that revved to 8,000. But I mean, that was an old European thing way back, wasn't it? Like yeah, there was a lot of manufacturers that had run things long before the Japanese. Oh, you know, we yeah. think Nissan and Toyota and quad cam, you know, yeah. these things. But really, that's something that, Fiat and these companies have been running for a long time. I was going to say, yeah, we had a Fiat 125 that had a rubber belt driven twin overhead cam, very ahead of anything Australian or Japanese at the time. And it revved to seven or 8,000 RPM, no trouble at all. A really good engine. This is the early 70s? Uh, 68, that was. Wow, there you go. 1968. That's pretty crazy, hey. 7,000. I'll start waffling on, but like four wheel disc brakes. Yeah. Standard. No, there's, it's it's anyway. funny because we get very, uh, and I suppose this is why I'm interested in the conversation is that we get very stuck in because of our age group. You you know, we, the 90s, because this is true, the 90s Japanese cars compared to a lot of other things in the 90s were, were well, they were impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they handled well, they drove well. Same with like, it would be hard to go, hey, you know, I've come out of a, a leaf sprung whatever. And then I get into a GQ that went all coils all round. You know, like that was a bit of a, you know, and Land Rovers when uh, Range Rover. Say, I was going to say, love them or hate them, Range Rover with the first mob to come out with all coils. Yep. And and I mean, that's got it. Like and that the, was crazy. Their quality was no doubt not up to scratch. Well, I was about to say, did the coils little, work little the ride spoof because they were always oiled up? <laughs> <laughs> they were actually, um, they were actually a very capable four-wheel drive. Mm. Um, a lot more capable than anything probably Japanese around at the time. They had yep. much better articulation. and Oi, this is starting to sound bad. We're talking war I'm, jeeps. I'm, I'm not a Land Rover <laughs> man, don't, but uh, we don't like you give credit when it, where it's yeah, due. No, yeah, no, and that's probably what I, I'm interested yeah. in as a, um, you know, a guy that's seen a little bit more than some of these youngsters around. Not that I'm, a, again, I keep saying this, I'm not young anymore, but, you know, like we, we look at the, you know, the 20-year-olds and that, and probably now if you don't have a 79 and you don't have this and you don't have that, don't have all this camping mm. gear, you know, and this is what I'm interested in. You know, these guys that, you know, you've been around and, and done some wild stuff in the 70s and 80s and yeah. always had a bit of a crack. And I, I, we've always, uh, 
appreciated that for sure because then that sort of gets us on to probably the early 90s. We started cracking into motorbikes and bits and pieces, didn't yeah, we? And, yeah. And in case he'll be very humble here, but anyone that's ridden with this old fella, we used to ride when we were 20 and we listen, I'm no fine Toby Price. I don't even for profess to say that, but but we're at least halfway decent trail riders, and we'd go riding with some good guys, wouldn't we, Josh? It was pretty funny. Yeah, we'd have because then this old fella would turn up and have a bit of a rap, and he'd climb the bank that no one could climb, and he'd he'd, he'd you know he'd start at the back of the pack, and we'd ride to fives, and all of a sudden this old fella's pretty much at the front of the pack. It was pretty funny, really. A lot of those days we we were doing a bit of fink training in 2010, and I. I know that I can tell you that a few of the dudes that we rode with and trained with, they were like, what on earth is going on here? And and this old fella here, he's still got a DR400. He still rides at, what, at least a couple of times a week? Uh, true, yes. Yeah. Yep. So, like, it, it's just funny. Like, you're uh, you're only as old as the uh, the way you feel. I was going to say the woman you feel. But anyway, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll leave that out. We'll leave that out. Uh, Jules might be listening. She might be. <laughs> but the moral of the story is that, uh, you know, age is just a number in many ways, isn't it? it? Is, you're, yeah. you're still having a good crack and yep. still come racing with us and do all these things. Well, I don't know if we're racing much at the moment, but uh-huh. whatever we're doing, whether it be camping or four-wheel driving or riding dirt bikes, or yep. it's a it's a good time. So it's just interesting that, um, yeah, you've seen a lot come and go over the years and you've seen this technology come up and down. And then, so the 90s, like I said, so then we started getting into like, double locked Hiluxes and yeah yeah you know, we had a couple of you know we'd, we'd sort of gotten into these single cabs like they, and they were good bits of they gear were. listen they yeah. were junk but it's surprising what a double locked single cab right tire pressures yeah. will do exactly they drive a lot more than people will, well let's let's get into a few <laughs> good stories josh one uh, of the one of the crackers well again Obviously, these 37s. We bought these 37-inch tires. So we'd got, been around, and this is in the days that Outback Challenge, lots of the guys were running 33s. So we're talking 2000s, early 2000s, 2001. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. I was a first-year apprentice. Yep. So, so then. 2003, I think that is. Yep. So we were right into the American stuff. I think we've told this story roughly on a, on a podcast before. But, again, we, we you know, we watched a lot of American wheeling. They were just starting. It was pre King of the Hammers, but they were Ultimate also, Adventure was yes, running. Just started. It was one of the big things. They were running 37 inch. I think BF Goodrich were actually a um a sponsor of that event at that time. They yeah, and the crawlers had come out and there were two options 35, 13 and a half, so 37, 12 and a half. That was it. Yep. And outer limits period, like back run forums on the internet, they were the days. Uh lots hey, of good guys. Has that started again? Yeah, outer limits is back, lad. It's yeah, so good. Lad. But anyway, and they're, they're it's a bit more social media now than it's Instagram and that. But big Ooh. shout out, follow out outer limits four by four. They are uh it was always the play great smack talk, great uh competition between crews and all sorts of very funny place, but plenty of great information on there as well, you know. But anyway, that gets us to um, you know. We started modifying these these Hiluxes, hadn't we? And like, yeah, really. And then I got my first Jeep, that white Jeep. That sort of came along in about 03 as well. 03, yes. 04, somewhere yep. in there. Yeah, yeah, because I bought the Hilux off you when you bought the Jeep. Yep, makes sense. So, you know, we started getting 33s, slipped into 35s. And I think actually another tire that has disappeared off the face of the Good earth. Was, Wranglers. No, well, I was oh. going to say Symexes. Remember yeah, we went through a period where we were right into Jungle Trackers. Everything- oh, no, Centipedes. Well, centipedes were like the 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 
cool one to have. Agreed, but we were riding oh, yeah, the jungle yeah, trackers, yeah, like because yeah, yeah. they were basically giant tractor tires. It yeah. was crazy. So yeah. they look good on Jeeps. They look good on Hiluxes. They were the right size. They were about a thirty-four inch tire, which sort of worked. We yeah. made it work. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, what started going? Some good dudes had like rear locks and stuff. Did. In here. So if you had a 33 inch tied double lock car, it was pretty out there. Hey, yeah, like it, there was no one running front lockers like in the 2000s. It would have been a rarity, R- rare, very yeah, much a rarity. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to think now, like because again, or, or, or full comp spec, yeah, if you oh, I like yeah, comp yeah. spec, yeah, yeah, yeah. comp spec, I like that. Well, then the other side of that is dad, like you know, even down to shock absorber technology like oh, you know what yeah. i mean like it was not uncommon and again i think we've told probably roughly this story but then let's go through we used to cold set our leaf springs for these hiluxes because we wanted them as light as possible yes but we wanted them to have enough arch in them and that and you know yes. you, like in those days you sort of couldn't get people to do like nowadays that no, no, but I mean, like, they're doing such to... great, and that's what I'm trying no, to say. No, that, that's right. Is nowadays those guys are right, but you know, in the 80s and 90s, like, sort of, it was like, oh, you got the off-the-shelf old man image. Yes. You know, they didn't really go, oh, you want to pull a couple of leaves, and you want to do like that wasn't a thing no, really, no. was it? Like, you know, nowadays all these guys are onto this. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Want, you want this pack? Yes. Oh, you're yep. doing you're good doing corner weights. Yes. Really, like you you went and you got your what was the other one that was a big name? Remember, was they called the Ultimate Suspension? was like $3,000 for a Hilux pack, which was more than a Hilux was worth. Like, <laughs> yes. Were they called Ultimate Ultimate Suspension? You used to send your info away and like, it was like a big deal. That was like the brand name, you know? And you got your old man emus and mate, they were gas charged. Dad, oh. gas charged. Foam filled? Foam filled. Foam filled big boys. Boy, ranchos had five position clickers, man. Yes. Like, you yep. know, like, yeah. it's funny to think that that's only 15 years ago, man. Mm. Like, yeah. we've come a long way. Nowadays, most of these kids at Double Island Point have triple bypasses on their car. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's crazy to think that that's a thing. Yes. But yeah, so, sorry, that was, I'm jumping because I'm trying to prefix how far we've come because we were building old Hiluxes and we used to go out the back of the cap university. Remember when yeah. she was quiet out there because there was no houses? <laughs> we got kicked out by security. You remember me and you out there? Oh, set in the springs. Set yeah. in springs because we had a C channel and a sledgehammer and you used to remember you had to let go with the welding gloves at the right time otherwise it just shocked your hands but you used to like set the arc by working it through the sea channel correct yeah and your ears would ring for the next couple of weeks but the reason we did that was because toyota uh spring technology in those days seemed to respond fairly poorly to resetting and I knew three or four blokes that had their springs reset. And they said within a fortnight, they were back to where they started. And one guy said to me, I cold reset mine and they remained as is. So that's where we got that idea. We just did, we didn't do it for the heck of it. We did it because it was what worked best at that time. Yep. And mm-hmm. we, we were going to waste 500 bucks on getting them reset. And then they go back to where they were in two weeks time. That was just a waste of money. So the cold resetting work, I cold reset. Um, springs on a 60 series land cruiser and didn't Sahara. Oh yeah. Sahara. I hate to say that. I had a land cruiser. (laughs) (laughs) Some people would be impressed, mate. Didn't have no fridge in the middle. That's the only one I've ever had. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did a couple hundred thousand in it and the springs were still good when I sold it. They'd remained up. So 
that, that was the reason we were doing cold resetting. Yep. Uh, out of interest, because I, I, you know, to get into it, that came from trucks, didn't it? Like a guy told you that he was a truck yeah, guy? Yeah, and Jim King was a big Toyota man as well, and um, he was one of the guys, and he said, oh, don't waste your money there. They do not respond to heat treatment and resetting. So um, that's that's where I got that idea from. Mm. And then that led us, obviously, we were looking for more performance out of our Hiluxes. So, you know, we started mucking Well, Hiluxes out of the factory were on the bump stops. I mean, I mean, we, you know, they were a good car in a lot of ways, but they were pretty crap in some other ways. Like zero up travel in the front suspension. So the only way you could get past that is to put a bit more, bit more arc in them. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was the main idea for that. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then, and then the other side of that was that, um, you know, once you started doing bump stops and stuff and moving them up a little bit, because again, when we're talking up, you're only really talking like one and a half inches. Like we really oh, didn't lift he, them a lot, did we? No, coal reset, maybe inch and a half to two inches, yep. probably max. Yeah. But that helped a lot on a rough road. At least then you probably had, you know, say out of the factory, you might add half inch clearance. So at least then you probably had what, you know. Two inches of clearance. Yeah, so, yeah, it had a bit of a bit of a bump before you on the bump stops. And and what was the mathematics on going? The, not that leaf. Yeah, this leaf. No, no, you, just... you did all the leaves. You, you had to mark out the. Um... <laughs> I'm talking about when you used to do four leaf packs for a Hilux and stuff. And yeah, you just, you just pull mark... a few in and pull a few out. It was a bit hit and miss, but it worked pretty well. <laughs> just is. you marked. No, no, no. A bit of science in it. You marked out the uh, arc that they were, and then you you marked out the arc that you were chasing. And you put a little bit of thought into it. Obviously, the big one had to have more, you know, the longer they were, you put more, uh, you know, more curve in them, whatever word you want to use. Because it has settled down. Yeah, and if it's, only, if it's only a short bugger, there's no, there's no point bending up into a U, is there? You no. know, just use a bit of nows and, and yep. it worked pretty well. Yep. Absolutely. No, it's it's amazing because, yeah, I mean, you we could, used... I mean, you could even allow for the driver and put a little bit more curve on the driver. So <laughs> oh, oh, if, you, if, you want, if you want to get really high tech. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And then same deal with like, you know, back in those days, you just basically used to go through the shock catalog, didn't you? And like, yeah. you know, closed and open links and then try to work out. Wasn't a lot of choice, really. Oh, was I was going to say, because yeah. a lot of shocks in those days, too, were just 50-50s, weren't they? Like, it wasn't yes. really like you had a range of, you know, open and closed compression and, you know, no, lots absolutely of. Absolutely not. For the young dogs here, 50-50, what does that mean? Uh, 50 on rebound, 50 on compression, lad. Uh, as in. Just... Rather than say a drag shock. 90-10. So is that is that 90% and 10% or is that like a, a 90 pounds? No, nah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be pounds, it'd just be a rating like based 50 off kilo to open it, 50 kilo no, to close no, no, it, no, or no, no. no, no. I don't, I don't think, think so. they just it, when you say 50 50, it just means that it has the same resistance open as it does closed. closed. Yeah. Whereas a 90-10 drag shock will cause the when you drag race you want the nose to come up, yeah. Very little resistance opening. So basically no rebound yes, yes. and then has 90% of compression because yes. you want to keep your nose yep, up. Yep. Now, listen, uh, talking it. drag racing technology, I yeah, think I was, that's I was, changed I was, a fair gonna, bit now. Yeah. I actually just, I watched a thing recently. Uh, I can't remember the guy's YouTube? name. Hopefully it's uh, Cletus McFarlane. <laughs> no, he's, it was back in the late 60s and uh, he was he was pretty famous in the US. Um, Big Daddy John? No, no, a fellow, I think his name was something, Candless or something. Yep. He was part of the Sox and Martin team which was dodge and plymouth and whatnot and they won a stack over there but interesting he he did this thing and said he worked tirelessly to get this car not to lift the front end and he said the reason for that was every time you lift the front you're taking power from the engine to physically lift the car he said you don't want to do that you just want it to push the car along in a straight line 
And he said he picked up two or three tenths of a second yeah. by stopping the front from lifting. It's interesting because I was going to say, I, I watch a and, little bit of that. I mean, he was no fool. No. The guy was a genius. The guys now are definitely limiting all the straps and stuff, and they're yeah, tightening well, them yeah. up. And it it's, it's no, changed a lot. Bars, it doesn't look spectacular, no, yeah. but that's not what. And you've yeah, got to understand yeah, right. back in these days, like, because this is the other thing that dad, I don't know if you remember this, but um, a dad definitely will. Like, it was commonplace that dudes would drill their shock absorbers, wouldn't they? So oh, that, you know, yeah. they basically weren't working for opening and closing. Like, it was pretty, it would have been pretty sketchy running a nine second quarter mile with like basically no front shock on it. Like, I mean, they were pretty, they were pretty ingenious. Like, the gearboxes back in those days, there were dudes like, uh, what was it, Grumpy Jenkins and, some of the fastest four-speed changes in the world, and this guy was in the same league. He said the gearboxes couldn't change quick enough. So these guys pulled them apart and looked at them and go and said, hang on, if we knock this off and knock this off or knock a couple of teeth off, I think they went, I think they went around and took every second teeth off the gears or something or other so they could change faster. And Might, might have to rebuild the gearbox a bit more often. No, or? actually our mate said he did a whole season and never touched the gearbox. Wow, there you go. Pretty impressive, eh? So they were – yeah. Obviously not when you say like not daily driving them. It no, was no, it was drag, yeah, purely yeah. a drag car. Yes, yeah, all running four two six Hemi's and whatnot. So, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I must admit it. I think his car was like an eight second car. Yeah, which is pretty phenomenal. fast back yeah. for nineteen sixty eight. Pretty fast yeah. these days too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, heck yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing to think that these guys basically you know went into a little couple of bay shed and nascar's got the same sort of conversation yeah. like uh, i actually love watching some of those uh dale earnhardt jr <laughs> stories and yeah like the cheating stories i love yeah. that have you watched that on youtube there's all cheating stories it's dirty mo media if you guys are watching we can give them a shout out but like they basically you can go down a rabbit hole and it's all about these crew chiefs that uh let's say stretched the rules a little bit and some of the things that they did with dad will know a bit about this because we yeah, like you know, venturi plates that when you tighten the cap up on the carburetor, it'd actually lift the venturi up and it uh, the restrictor the plate. restrictor plate yes. yep. lift the restrictor plate, and then when they yep. undid it to look inside it, it'd drop back down. And yes. sit, like yep. some of the things that they did, the lead weights they had because you know the cars had to start it. Oh, we've gone down a rabbit hole. Hey. But anyway, the lead weights and they used to have a, a you, they opened it and then all the lead weight would fall out of the chassis rail a couple of laps in, and the car would Love be. It. Love amazing like yeah. you know yeah. and there's no rules because uh, not no. sorry there were rules there was rules yeah. but it was built to that car started and they never checked it at the end so yes. they looked at that that the car started at yep. weight it did start at weight and yep. you know they were pretty ingenious like this same car that i was talking about that the guy worked tirelessly to, so it wouldn't lift the front up yep they unpicked you had to have a proper floor pan in it so they unpicked i don't know he said 500 or something spot wells oh and moved the floor pan up Three inches or something or other. Yes. So it could lower the car. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. I mean, to, to do that amount of work. Yep. Yep. But, but to was, stay, but to stay within to stay the number one. To, yeah. And yeah. That kept them within the rules. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there are some fantastic cheating stories. Not that we're oh. endorsing cheating or anything no. like that, but there are some fantastic stories out there. They, um, particularly if you talk about like, uh, WRC in like the 90s. Yes. Cause they were limited and they still are like 350 horsepower and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, what, what do they say? They, they, a lot of the factory teams said they they weren't actually cheating. They were just doing the best within the in the yeah, rules that the they rules, had. Yeah. I think Toyota had something where they they used to store excess boost because they're only allowed to run a certain amount of boost. Like, and they weren't allowed to have anti lag, so they stored like excess boost 
in their bumpers and stuff like that and then fed it back in so it was essentially anti-lag and stuff like all, all this incredible stuff but you're right it's, it's like a youtube rabbit hole that you can yeah. head down and mm. oh, well seen as we're an off-road podcast let's get an off-road you, you know the i was just going to say one more story that yeah people doing things i always remember i read a um a book written by dick johnson and i always laugh i think i it was, would have said peter brock was a cheat i think it was his xd uh i'm not sure whether it's xd or the xe but anyway so when the officials were asking what are the weight of these cars, somebody quoted the weight of a ute, and they accepted it. So Dick Johnson was – they were running underweight. Yeah. Essentially yep. was what it boiled down yes, to. Yep. And then eventually – Well, they weren't. It was an XD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, potato, I think, it, potato. I think they got away for two or three years, and yep. then someone woke yep. up and said, hey, hang on, hang on. car with that air because you were talking about spring air yes he had that tire inflation system but it was also deflated into the uh inlet manifold oh was it really yeah yeah, yeah. so i doubt it was very much but probably at argentina heights that yes. little bit of air just for that period of time was probably yeah, it's wow. 30 yep. psi isn't yep. it so yeah. so that was in the hummer days that was in the hummer days yep. and he said there's no rule against it and which i no. you know that's that's a it's fascinating isn't it the guys that think outside the box truly think Creativity. outside the box. yeah well, funny you talk about it. Like, what was it? When was it that Formula One cars went to, they went to grooved uh, groove tires, like the three grooves on the slicks to slow them down. And then they got so creative and the engineers were so smart that they worked out how to go so fast on the groove tires that they worked out how to flow air across them and how to do this and how to do that so yep. that it would um, maintain tire life. And they they went faster on the groove tires than they did on the slick tires. So now, like the FIA put them back on slick tires to slow them to down. To like, slow them yeah, down. yeah, it's it's crazy. Oh, but, but that is that's the name of motorsport, really, yeah, isn't it? Is. it? Like to to see what you can do to and what's circumvent the rules. What's interesting here is that what we're talking about is all like, listen, drivers are obviously legends, but yeah. it's interesting because it's the engineers, it's yeah. the brains behind yeah. it. What's crazy is that the these crew chiefs and the way they think outside the box yeah. and. Yep. Yeah. Like it, you said, if there's not a rule against it, I'm all for it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, say a seven liter is blatantly cheating, but working your way around it in off road, like, I'm sure there's some people out there that. Oh, wowzers. I no, wonder no, where no, you're going no, there. No, but, but yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, as in. Well, it's not a rule. No, it, what he means you... is some of the six liters are very worn. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, but all, all I'm saying is, like you said, like the, the guys storing the boost in the bumpers. Yes. And then feeding it back in. Yeah, be, it's, be, not, it's not anti-lag. It's not be, as your as your rules defined anti-lag. That's when you not, think about it. Off-road's that, so loose, isn't it? Because yeah. honestly, when's our car ever been checked at the end? Like, why couldn't we have run nitrous? We never did. Just clarifying, we never did. Yeah, that's right. Who'd we had know? A, but who'd know? It's it's very chilled. Yes. That's one of the things about off-road that is probably a little bit crazier than most. Like again, I know we harp on and it's not truly about we, we don't want any, I know we can say this. We're not racing at the moment. We're not even competitive in that sense. Like we just want to have a good time and race wherever we, everyone else talks about, hang on, we're mate. not, we're hang not, on, hang on. We're not here to make up numbers. <laughs> well, I was going to say, everyone else says we're not here to make up numbers. We are here just, just to make up numbers. Just joking. We just have a good time. Oh, Josh, you're getting your feelings hurt, mate. Yeah, I am. Oh, I want to, I want to race. Mate, quieten down with your top two. No, anyway, um, the moral of the story is what I'm guess I'm saying though. Yeah. Cancel, cancel that <laughs> mic. Um, but what I'm saying is that we just have such a good time that that's not something that'd be really a big thing for us. 
But if you're deadly chasing the peak performance, there's so many opportunities, isn't there? Like we really aren't checking anything. And I mean, it's so easy to check that sort of stuff now. You haven't got to pull an engine apart. Well, well, okay, talk to us, JC, because we've always wondered, is there a way that you could yeah, absolutely. pour water down it? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so we filled your motor with sand, mate. And it's <laughs> it turns out it's right. <laughs> Extremely easy to check. So, like, as it, like, I, I genuinely want to know because you hear theories, and, and I guess you're kind of our motor sensei. I take what you tell me is pretty truthful. So, like, something that just goes yeah. onto a spark plug. And as it cranks over? Yeah, well, you, you pretty easily measure the stroke. Yep. There'd be gadgetry now. I've read it. I haven't actually seen it done. Yep. But, yeah, and you, easy enough to measure the ball. Yes. So they just put something in there and it probably expands. And Yes. They'd have the technology now. It's got a, probably got a printout of what the ball is. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Similarly for the stroke. And yep. Do your maths. Yep. Because I was always wondering, like, something like if you, like, you know, onto the spark plug and it, like, measured the volume of the air that come out of it, but then – volumetric efficiency would affect that yeah not, yeah. not not at low speed though would it oh, if you just uh, turn the crank slowly what, yes d- yep. depends on your size of your camshafts and yep. whatnot yeah that's right yeah, true yep some of them got massive overlap yeah if it's got a valve open yeah it'll it'll lose air yep, yeah true yep, yep. I, I think they can well again just, you could just cut the timing chain well that's turn it up that's something for us all to do we can google how you do it mm, yeah it's interesting i think i read recently i don't want to google it Oh. We'll we'll do another podcast with you at some point, senior, and we'll, but we'll it's, work it out. You're right; it is surprising that they don't do some of that. A- anything like yeah. no, I'm not being smart. I'm not talking like I don't expect them to do NASCAR style sign-ins and outs. Oh, but no, no, no. we've talked about it for a while, and I'm 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 not for it. I'm not against it. It's just an yeah. interesting point that we don't do a thing. If it's easily done, why wouldn't you do it for the top? three or and, and again or something. I, like we've probably gone down which i totally agree the one thing that we probably should look at is every now and then we should check capacity but then the flip side is what's the like they never look at cars after the race we could have a big blue bottle behind the seat <laughs> you're right we, like we yeah. never look at anything no. they never you're right. it's pretty loose when you think about it from it that is. perspective yeah. like yeah, power adders and everything, unless it is blatantly obvious and, at, at Prologue. And you could plumb that crap so that no one's got to Well, NASCAR, idea. this is sort yeah. of, again, getting back to the, which what got me thinking is the NASCAR conversation is that, you know, there's so much stuff that, um, you know, the NASCAR guys have done over the years and they've had nitrous in chassis rail. Like, yeah, we well. we all know the story. Well, wasn't there the guy famously, again, We I love the, uh, the I think sprint it was a, car. Yeah, an Australian, Australian guy in sprint car. He brought this... Uh, this is mid nineties, Dad. Yeah, right. a sprint car out of America, and was just slaying, slaying everyone. Like, everyone. It wasn't even a race; just walk away from the yeah. field, starting at the back. He blazed everyone, and then after about three or four meetings, all of a sudden he was um, he, he was mid passing. He's, he's an also ran, and he's thinking, "What the frick has happened here, mate?" So he he rings up the um, he rings up the lad in, in America, and he's chatting away. And he goes, "I don't know, man. It's just it's down on horsepower. It's this and that. We've checked it. It's good." And I'm like, just without even batting an eye, he goes, "Mate, I think you've run out of nitrous." He goes, "Have <laughs> you found the valve yet? <laughs> Fill her up." And he and he's like, "What do you mean?" And yeah, they on, on investigation, the the entire chassis was pipe welded. Yeah, and then they they pumped it. They had an elaborate system of pressurizing it with nitrous. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and then it became a nitrous system wow yeah, yeah. so so crazy, and, and, and it was so elaborately 
plumbed into the car and all the wiring and the fuel rails and, yeah. and the nitrous, um, am I going to say solenoids and everything like that were all so well hidden that even yeah. when it come over here and then uh, became a certified Australian car, so yep. like coming from America to a, to Australia, it would have had to have like a cams inspection. No Didn't one picked up on it. Yeah, well, yeah. No one picked up on yeah, I'm pretty, it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the story came that the um, – all that side of stuff was all like hidden inside the bell housing or something like that. Yeah. They'd actually yes. run it up through the valley from the back and all this sort of stuff. It, it was a crazy story. Yeah. I remember reading that story in yeah. like Street Machine yeah, or something been like too, that. Something like the, once like... again, it was pre-internet. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so again, where this gets us back to the off-road statement saying, how easy would it be to do something like that? No, I mean, don't get me wrong, because the flip side, and we've sort of talked about this hey, a number of times. Hey, JC, have you touched that can yet, mate? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta think about yourself. Like, I don't know. This is just a personal statement. I know that not everyone thinks like this, but I don't know how I'd personally feel winning Fink and then going, but I cheated to do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Not saying. I mean, you've won Fink for sure, but I don't know. If, if, I, if I thought that everyone else was, but see, this is where it gets weird. The flip side is if you could went, well, everyone else is cheating too. Yeah, we're we're all cheating. So, so. we talk about Lance Armstrong. Yeah, like you know. That roided up guy beat every other roided up guy. Yeah. Like he's still the best. He's still the best. Yeah. Like and, and see that's what, yeah. Every time you hear about it on this this um Dale Earnhardt Jr. podcast, that's how they talk about it. Yeah. They're like, listen, everyone was cheating. We're all cheating. <laughs> There's not a person in this yeah. paddock that's not cheating. Yeah. Well, what's the famous line? If you're not cheating, you're not trying, or whatever it is, you know? Like yeah, yeah. so, you know, but I feel that that's a not a gentleman's agreement in off-road. Like there, no. there's enough people that I would, I would put my because... hand on my heart and say they're not cheating. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it, a Mick Marson. Yeah. But do you think that's because it's not so it, it's privately funded? Off-road there is not a professional no no no, yeah, no so not then, a corporate team so you, you say that but then so what stops the guy that just wants to win like you bro you imagine standing on that podium at fink yeah it'd be pretty badass so if yep. it takes a 10 yep. liter of nitrous to do it yeah don't get me wrong i still couldn't win but no. i'm just i'm just merely saying like yep. I, I don't know like this is that's a moral dilemma and you so, know listen in the last 10 years how many times have they checked <laughs> oh i that I know of zero, zero. So, yeah. you know, again, I mean, I'm they, they breathed us that night after Bojangles, but that was yeah. that's probably a whole different story. Uh, OBR, <laughs> Billy Geddes, Cartel Boys, Sean Swaffield. <laughs> Sean probably didn't. No, 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 that's just kidding. Yeah, listen, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I'm still, I don't know, I'm torn behind the whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what I'd do, but I do know what I'd do. I'd sit on the sideline, I'd commentate the race because it's it's much cheaper than racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's circle back. Sorry, we got very – this is the podcast. We get very sidetracked very easily. This is pretty much every campfire that we ever have at five. Oh, that's what I was about to say. This is just a campfire chat. Yeah, yeah. So, But then so going on from there, Dad, we obviously got more and more into – and it, it's interesting, isn't it, how we probably progress. I don't know how many people have actually heard these stories, but, like, you know, obviously we're into the forward drive. We're into the Jeep, and, you know, we're into all this sort of stuff. We sort of looked at we, – we competed quietly – in a few winch challenges and three cars and yep. bits and pieces, both Josh and I actually in competing teams. Yeah. And actually you beat me in pretty much every time you we said it. it. Yeah. No, no, I got to tell the truth. So, but anyway, long story short is that, you know, these things happen. And then I think the collective decision was that we wanted to go faster. Mm. And again, dad probably said, don't do any of it. You're wasting all your money. Don't waste your money. Yep. He'll still say that. He'll say that to this day, well, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you know. Let's face it. You need a lot of money. It's very it. true. It's a big waste of money. Yep. 
you spend a lot of money. But it's listen, not winning. No, but then, but oh, wow. wow, thanks, mate, thanks. But no, then the flip side. No, I know, I know what you mean. I knew it. Heck, listen, let and he's a bloody great bloke, and we've had a good time with him. But even Bo Robinson, he's been on this pod. We've had a great. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably no man in the sport currently that spent more money than that guy, and he still can't get the W at Fink for whatever reason. So just cubic dollars doesn't sort. And no. I mean, he's got talent in spades. He's yep. the fastest man on the track. He's got the best equipment. And far out, that Fink victory still yep. is hard to get, man. Sometimes yeah. it's just not as easy to line up as you yeah. need a lot of things. People don't understand, even for like, because it's probably just seen that if Toby turns up, he wins. But how many things have to go right even for him to win? Well, well, he's two and two, isn't he? Two DNFs, two wins. Like yep. he is, he is all or nothing. Like yeah. which is. Which well, probably, which, no, no, that's not true. Because ah, uh, the second, yes, yes. yeah, yep. Yeah. So he's three and three and two, but that that I think that sums up Fink to a um, I think that sums up Fink to a T. Like as in, it's uh, it's one of those crazy. Yeah, like you said, yeah. so many things have to go right. Yeah, have to go and, right. And the flip side is, we've to. had a a number of years where guys that you didn't think were going to win it and they didn't have a shot at it, and they've come through and smoked the yeah. field for like Hayden hey, Bentley uh, that year, man, for real. And Insane. I mean, he did have the right equipment and he's the right man. But I'm just merely saying, like you know, and Jack Rhodes, he was 14th. Did he? That was the year he won it, or yeah. that was the year he came second. Well, I think that was the year he won it. Gotcha. Because I think there was like two or three years in a row where it was outside of the top ten won it. Yep. 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 Crazy. Yeah, I mean, hey? wasn't there one year where like eight of the first ten cars dropped out? But yeah, but that's what well, we're well, saying. I was, was going to say. So that's what we're thing. saying when yeah. so many things have to it go happened. right yeah. for you. Yeah. Like you know, you could be third off the line and just eat dust the whole way. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like you know, and or fourth off the line and have no yeah. no luck, and you could be twentieth off the line, and or thirteenth and have yeah five or six cars. Yep. And end up pulling a, a four or five minute dust gap, which yep. is essentially like being first off, and that is one hundred percent luck of the draw. Yeah, 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 for sure. You don't you don't control the three cars in front of you. No, no, that's so, right. Yeah. No, it's yep. interesting. Yep. It, it is a crazy race, and it's it's one of those things that always go on. And I mean, that's going to be there's actually it's really cool at the moment because there's so many good races going on that are because I mean we, we haven't even talked like Don River Dash, like that's one of those things that you know it's growing from strength to strength. We we need to get to it, but and and then the same deal with this 900 kilometer race at St George. That's yep. going to be an interesting one because I think it's like there's a lot of these races. Australia for a long period of time, Dad, including Fink, including Fink, but less so. Is a sprint. Is a sprint, and now nowadays we're getting and because again, Don River Dash is a sprint. This 900k is going to be a sprint in Australia. It's the way we race. Yeah, but there's got to be a few things line up for you, don't they? Yeah. You've got to have the yeah. right place, things in place. So just run us through, because I didn't know until you started talking about it. The, so this is St. George next yep. year, not part of the AORC, but they've decided they're going to keep the race running, and it's a 900-kilometer enduro. Yeah. So one day, 900 kilometers, well, pretty much nonstop, like as in start in the morning, go, no sections, no nothing. It's just your pit times, everything like that are all part of the – that's that's the gist. Uh, listen, I don't want to claim or, or, that I yeah, know yeah, the yeah, regs, yeah, copy. but my understanding is that's exactly right. Yep. And from what I hear from what people involved is that you're also going to be able to double nom like the one car. 
So that's going to be interesting. So you're going to be able to run, like do a couple of laps, come in, obviously all the fuel from, from what I'm imagining, from what people are talking about, it's going to be time. It's going to be time. You do the 900 Ks. It's, I think they're calling it the big race, which will be yeah. super cool. So I assume like, uh, like you said, we're just spitballing, but under Australian rules, when they're fueling the car, will have to get and everything of like course. that. Yeah. So I guess it, it is a good option for doing a Navi. Get a fresh guy in, fresh get some water. Fresh driver. Get a drink. Get them doing two or three laps. Yep. Yeah. You yep. can even get out of the car. When you think about it, get your Navi out and you can actually even have a chat and run through some info and go, oh, you know how you did that? You know, yep. you remember that bit? Yep. Like you get Hey, we need to fast. update the we GPS. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, oh, yeah, true. Because I didn't even think about that. You GPS could potentially is- run iPads in and out of it on mounts. Like, you know how yes. all these guys are running these talking yep. so, iPads. So now. you could have a certain set of notes for yourself yep. and then... I could change the notes that I yep. wanted. Yeah. I need to update this and and do it on the yep. floor. Like, you know, that way your iPad's not in the car or whatever. Yep. Anyway, we're, we're now really getting down a rabbit hole of things that you can do. But anyway, yeah, so there's going to be some interesting races because the other thing is that, I mean, um, you know, like next year is going to be another big year race. We haven't even finished now. Kalgoorlie next weekend. Yep. Yeah, so because this is Thursday, so it's going to be, yeah, a full weekend away. Pretty cool wrap up in a couple of Oh, it's Friday today. Yeah, That's right. Normally do these on Thursday. Sorry, team. Uh, this is, is that a- AORC? Yeah. Yes. yes. And it's the final round. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So in two Queenslanders, Dad, in the form of Jack Swinglehurst is and young Jake. Ryan. Jake. Oh, Jack. Jake. You know what I meant. That's right. We just name Ryan- people out here. It's Brenty Martin. <laughs> <laughs> on the bopper. And Ryan. He's number one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, happened yeah. too. What a sicko. What a legend. Yeah, bud. Yeah. So so the guy that's won the ARB series is Brent Martin. Oh, yeah. And he's racing wow. that little pro light, not yep. little, but a, but a pro light Jimco. He's had a smoking year too. The guy who came third at Fink. Third yes. at Fink. Oh, yep. Killer. Yep. Hell of a good family. Hell of a good bloke. Yes. Craig, yep. Craig Martin, the dad, has the alpha, the red alpha, which is the ex-Coleman alpha. Ah, yes. And they, um, that I mean, Craig Martin's a legend. He's been national number one. And yeah, and again, that's crazy, eh? Yeah. Like in Dale stepping up into a big buggy too, I yeah, believe. Yeah, Turbo so, Jimco. Whew, yep. It's going to be, the Martin family are going to be a proper force. Yeah, and I mean, Dale's an They're absolute a menace as well. Yeah, 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 that's right. Be interesting to well, see. Well, I reckon, sorry, Dale, now, because, I mean, he's such a legend. Because he was the first guy that I really oh I suppose see I'm I'm downplaying like moles and all these guys because yes. they're legends well, too moles, yeah yeah but uh, I'm saying like remember when Dale come out and like ran like third or second outright in that little Tatum yeah in yeah, that yeah. Tatum like we were all just like wow man yeah, they're like come yeah. out of a motocross bike and now he's just smoking everybody yeah yeah, like, yeah it was very cool so those no, it was boys sponsored by like a weed company at one point in time. <sighs> You're telling the story, bro. I don't know. Maybe. I wonder they were going fast. I thought they were going slow. <laughs> I think it works the other way, doesn't it? Anyway, moral of the story is that it's I'll uh... get beat. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's it's interesting, Dad, because yeah, there's a lot of it's funny because I don't know whether it's just personal, like, but you know, we had the COVID, the, the COVID, <laughs> you know, but things seem to have like settled, didn't they? It almost felt like off-road racing was a bit quiet. No one was buying new cars. There wasn't real, like, you know, there was a bit of a period there where it had a lull. But once you start thinking about it, there's a lot of cars. There's a lot of fast guys. There's a lot of trucks. There's a lot of mm. Paul Wheels got it. You know, there's there's stuff going on everywhere. Like, the more you look in off-road racing, the more it, it's it's like a good scene at the moment, isn't it? I suppose the problem at the moment, if you're buying out of the States, yeah. is the dollar. crappy Aussie, Aussie oh. dollar. Yeah. I was talking to Josh about it today and said, Thinking Joe Biden. I don't understand it because they are so much in so much more debt than us. Mm. You can add dollar only be worth sixty three of these. 
Is that what it is at the moment? Yeah. Good time to buy Australian macro, parts, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Element. Bring it on. Macroeconomics. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, man, we are looping around here. But listen, so then let's get into some of the off-road race and stuff because then we must have decided, well, we originally decided we were going to build a Class 7 car. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy because we thought that was a go-to class, which yeah. it honestly still is. It's a great class. But we just made the group decision together that we went, we are going to spend all our lives welding chassis up. Yeah. We're going to spend all our lives trying to keep these things alive because you see the guy, the likes of Ben De Bru was it Ben or Chris DeBruy back in the band? Uh, and he was a wall man and an XJ. And I mean, but I know how much time, like low budget, don't get me wrong, but they spent a lot of time patching her up to keep her alive, as far as I could tell. You know, welding a roll cages back into well, it. Well, he did treat it pretty bad. He treated it real bad. <laughs> I've never seen an XJ Jeep jump as far as that thing. I'm sure there's videos on uh, Glamis, but the, the difference there is that these guys on YouTube do it once. He did it multiple, multiple times, times yeah. over a weekend. It was just a nutbag. But anyway, um, you know, we decided to go down that route, and then that sort of led us into going down the Jimco path. and then. Really, that ended up leading us to, you know, because we really didn't do a lot of, we had a rough understanding of shock technology and that. But, you know, how does this come about? We're just in the shed and we're like, oh, well, we got to rebuild our shock absorbers. If you get the spanner, we'll just start working on them. Yeah. Well, that, that's probably where I asked the question before, like with dad, when he um, rebuilt his World War Tour or did all that work on his World War Tour, not rebuilt it, but did all that work is, YouTube didn't exist back then, whereas, like, we did, we were lucky enough that when it come time to the Jimco, we were able to do a bit of YouTubing to work out how to... That's very true. Like, I, I mean, there wasn't a how to rebuild a fort and transaxle on YouTube, but there was information available about uh, how to, like, the basics of rebuilding a shock absorber and stuff like that on, on, on YouTube, so... Yeah. And and even down to the world became a lot smaller when we were racing, wasn't it? Like, you know, we're now talking 2012, 13, 14. You know, let's yeah. the Jimco. Yeah. But in this period, because even like when we were doing the converter conversion, like we actually talked to Henry in, w, in, in USA, like yes. as in Harley Lettner's main man mechanic. And, you know, remember when we were setting up the converter pressures and bits and pieces, like we had a yeah, bit yeah. more info, didn't we? Oh, the Fortin guy was very good as well. Yep. As yep. in Doug? I've gotten his name, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, Doug, Doug Fortin. Yeah, yeah I used to. Yeah. I used to email him fairly regularly yeah, and he'd, yep. he'd come back with pretty good info. Yep. So, uh, you know, he was pretty helpful. I suppose he, we'd paid him a fair bit. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't he be helpful? I suppose. But but then the flip side is that they've got guys that are their dealers and, and yeah. people here. Yeah, yes. he was good. He was good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so it's nice that they they know that they'll deal with a guy. Because uh, let's be honest, we our racing budget was – I don't know what anyone thinks, but I can tell you our racing budget was slim. Yeah, there isn't a it's budget. still slim. So the moral of the story is even as good as it is, and we enjoyed we enjoy racing and enjoyed racing, but that we needed to do what we needed to do in the house, didn't yeah. we? So, you know, it was cool that we had the ability to do that. Now, I think that was driven very much by you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. what's there to building? What's there to rebuilding an LS? No, well, they're simple as, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, you just got to find the retainers at <laughs> two o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, when you drop one on the shed floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got some big night stories where we're rebuilding race cars. Fire up, driver up the paddock and back. Yep, good for things. Uh, yep. No, that was uh, running in at Don River. Oh, Don River. Yep. No, no, well, Bur sorry. Oh, Burdekin, Burdekin, Don sorry, River didn't sorry, exist. Don River yes. didn't exist. By no, bad, it wasn't yeah. the torque talk converter. The torque converter was Fink. Yep. Pre-Fink. Yep. Ran it up the yep. paddock and back. Yep. Good to go. Yeah, made sure it had all the gears. 
and, and that I was the same deal. Different. We literally had no idea, like, other than doing like a race with Ryan, like, and seeing how he'd shifted that uh, Fortin because it was a H pattern with a torque converter. We had no. So that idea. was the first Tatum. Yeah, Tatum one, the one that yep. Luke Ayers has got at the yep. moment. Uh, is it yeah. still Fortin at the moment? Yes. Yeah, and still a H pattern. Yeah. Yep, still talking about. I it too. love H-pattern cars. Yeah, yeah. If I was just chasing a driving car, that's what I'd do. They're so much fun. Are they? I think so. I loved it. But anyway, I know Josh, he's, a, he's got a Albans phone sequential, and I know it's all good, but I'm just saying. like, as Shout a, out Mick Marcel. Oh, absolutely. What a legend. Yeah. But yes, no, uh, yeah, well, like you said, we had no idea. Like, we, we literally drove it across the bridge and up the paddock and went, okay, how do we shift this thing? And it's let off the gas a little bit and pull it through the next gear. And I think that's right. Let's see if it grades gears and, and it didn't. So yeah, it's a funny learning curve. Like, yeah, no one sort of, and that was really yeah. the first time and you, the, you raced it that year, didn't you? Mm, yeah. Yep. I was being 14, I think. Yeah, it was 14. Yep. And it finished. Oh, of course she finished. Good old doll on that one. Doll. She's never finished other than the time it was upside down. <laughs> no, it's, it's never, never not, not finished. finished. Sorry. Yeah. I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only time it hasn't finished. It was upside down. Yeah, well, every DNF. Well, it was upside down. For, it was upside down for a little while. Yeah, theori- yeah. theoretically, the roof fit never touched the ground. Gotcha. I, li- I listen. I like it. It was good. It wasn't good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no, I do. Like you said, good old girl. She, um, she definitely got it done. But yeah, I think that's one of those things that you talk about. Is like in the time we got to the gym co. Yeah, we we had YouTube. Yeah, we, we had. It, emails and information like that. Like, yeah. Or think, just, think, just getting back to what you're talking about, like those guys in the sixties, like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to knock a couple of teeth off and we're, we're going to see how this goes. Do you like, know what would be more interesting? Imagine like, like they're telling you about their wins. You know, what would be really interesting is having a good conversation with the, their utter fails, like where they cut oh, too many gears off it and yeah. she exploded. Yeah. Like there would be some crazy well, stories. We tell the story like our failure, like the first time rebuilding the coilovers in the gym car and we got the crazy fat. Anyhow, we, we're getting attacked here. No, um, but there was... What do we do? We we, we, didn't, we didn't know to set the remote res um, right. piston we, in we, the right spot. The piston so, ladies in the and gentlemen, spot, if you we, ever need to, you always got to set them at one third, like basically one third oil, two thirds nitrogen. Correct in the the remote res, because if you do two thirds oil, and one third it nitrogen. explodes the end off the the yeah. uh, reservoir. It will ask hydraulic. Us, ask us how we know. Yeah. Oh no, it'll explode off the end. Well, that's hydraulic. Yeah. Yeah. Copy. Yeah. Yeah, so it gets pretty wild pretty quick. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. And I suppose that's what you talk about with your your wins and fail. But that is then a that's a learning curve. That's a mistake we've never made again. No. Mm. Every time we've rebuilt our shocks, we've we've always gotten that right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, it's interesting. Yeah, it's cool. That, and I'm, I definitely think that it gives you an appreciation. Listen, I suppose the flip side is I've never had the luxury of just paying someone to prep my car. And there's some great prep guys out there now. But Ricky B. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's lots of good guys. I mean, Steve-O, yep. like there's good guys out there. But the flip side of that is um, it gives you a sense of confidence in the car, I feel, when you know that you've touched every bolt. Or Josh, in the case of you not touching every bolt, does it make you nervous? No, in the case of me not touching bolts, it makes me feel confident. Gotcha. Because yes. JC's touched every yes. bolt. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. I don't want to come along and mess up the good work afterwards. That's right. Yeah. Hey, BT, is he, he's talking about grease and CVs right now. You know that, eh? I had to get my hair cut. Oh, <laughs> I love it. The old smoke bomb. 
Anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is a true story. You remember that senior. Come on. Have he you was, ever he have was you, missing an action? Have you it? ever seen Josh Curran with greasy CV hands? Well, I think I have actually. No, no, you haven't, my man. Oh, boy, yeah. this is favorite maybe, son maybe, idea. Maybe not often, but <laughs> BT and I definitely do not remember this. Um pet hate. Yeah, oh, CV oh, CVs on. That's the only bad the thing about Pro Buggies. I mean, I like yeah. the fact that they win everything, yeah. but uh other than that, hey, do you like that sneaky little wait, hit? Wait, JC, who, say, who who was telling the story about uh having to find spring retainers at three o'clock in the morning? This one over here was telling the story about having to find it. Where was he at three o'clock in the morning while we were looking for that spring yeah, retainer? Yeah, well he wasn't there. He wasn't there. I was there. You were there. I was, he was asleep there. in the corner. I'd done it? some hard work. Oh, damn. Yeah. Did you Snapchat it? No. Oh. I don't Snapchat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Only you sleep, and that's all I do. No, no. Um, yeah, so anyway, listen, we've had a lot of good road trips and fun times. A lot. All the stuff that we do and the truck drives and the 28 hours straight oh. to Fink. You remember those days, eh? Lightning bolts yeah. in the middle of the night? No. No, um, it was a shooting star. Shooting star. Oh, shooting star. There yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we've, had, we've had some good times, senior. Fink are yeah. usually pretty good road trips. This year was a good road trip. We've had some good Gundy trips too. Yes. Like where it's been raining out and we were swimming. Remember that? Scene? Yes. That was, she's been some wet days down Phil, there. Phil Benson some... would remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Luckily, you had a uh, a cabin. We were we were all sorted. Yeah, we were yeah. Good. Bunk beds. Yes. Bunk, <laughs> Bunk beds. Oh, my goodness. Time, Bunk beds. Better than laying in water. It yeah, was, you're right. Definitely. You're right. Yeah. No. But, yeah, no, it's interesting anyway. So, well, let's get on to the race and then, Josh, you reckon? Like, because I'm sure, Senior, you've got a few uh, prime points to point out at the moment, no doubt, with the off-road racing. But the Don River just cranked along. We actually live-fed it, did a bit of stuff up there. So if uh, you want to catch up on any of that, it's all still up on YouTube and uh, the Off-Road Cartel uh, Facebook page. Or where, is that, YouTube. That, but it was a good race, Dad. Man, was. there was some good stuff that happened at that race. It was. Um, I did watch a fair bit of it. It was pretty cool. There's some fast cars up there. Like, there's some... great to see Haby there. Yeah, like all the way from South Australia. Yes, yes. like very cool to see. Like, I mean, Aaron is one of the fastest guys in Australia. Like, yeah. if he's at a race and you don't think he can win it, I think you need to probably reassess your knowledge of off-road racing in Australia. I mean, those elements too. Uh, hey. Well, you think about like the top three. So we had Element, Geyser, Element. So mm. two Australian built buggies in the top three. Like, yeah. and then I think there was another Element in the top ten. It was definitely yeah. Wrong, but yeah, that's so cool. Like they're they're building awesome, yeah, awesome. That, that's the Bailey car because I must admit yeah. it looks amazing. Though. Yeah, it's the blue and uh, the Ronco, yeah. Ronco, Bronco, anyway, whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, yeah, it's it's very cool because um. Yeah, I think that's that's the point that I really love is the fact that he builds his own race cars. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yep. damn cool. Yep. The Hades to... with uh, Aaron Edgers, is it? Eagers? Yep. yep. Yeah, they're they're turning out top quality stuff, as good as anything coming out of the states. Like, yep. yeah. Well, there's and... a few amazing brands, Dad, at the moment. Like even those SS, they're turning out at that race tech. Yep. They're turning out some really nice ter- like yep. cars at the moment. Like yep. I mean, they've turned them out for a long time. Yeah, well, and Element have too. And yeah. so have Element, yeah. but yeah. But like both of those brands are really starting to click. I tell you the other one that was up there, um, uh, Luke Ersig, which yes. was old Matrix. I th- I'm going to stuff this up because they don't call them Matrix <sighs> anymore. But yeah, every we all know who we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that new car with the big trailing arm. Yes. I, I think, 
I hope I'm not paraphrasing because I, I hope that old mate's not going to go, hey, because he's a big boy for a start. Yeah, not yeah. going to fight him. So, yeah, yeah. legend, if you're like, he was what kind of project. peanut would you be if you tried to fight him? Dummy, big dummy if you're going to fight uh, the guy in the Matrix, but anyway, <laughs> in Luke Ersick's car. But anyway, long story short is that um, I think at the moment they're working through, like, because they've gone down a BMW supercharger. I'm, I'm sure, no, no, might have been Jag with a supercharger. It's so an is that the motor, motor that's in it? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's something quite unique. And there's yes. like, only a handful of people that would even touch the project. Like most mm. tuners were like, oh man, we can't do this. We're yes. not interested. Yep. That's the story he told me. And he got onto someone that was happy to have a crack at it. They're having a good crack, but they're talking. I think, man, I hate when I do this. Cause we're talking like facts now. Like don't take this as gospel, but he might have like set at 600 or something at the moment. So, you know, when we're talking about the top level, v8 buggies now we're talking 800 so he's yes. 200 down yes so let's take that so looking at that how far that he runs and how fast that he's running that car indicates how fast that car yes. has been you know yep. what i mean like it's it's yeah. a very good car yep big travel big awesome. wheels big yep. big 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 way yep. bigger than i you sort of see it in photos and think that and then i we were parked beside it at yes. the don river camp yep and i went oh that is a big buggy. I actually couldn't pick it to start off with. No, I, I, well, was, I didn't know what it was. And yeah. Well, I actually thought it was, it has a bit like that race co look, you know, yes. the front nose and that. Yep. And I was thinking that's a really, really big race co, but yep. it's not. It's, it's. And a, then the the rear trailing arms. Of yeah. Boy. Yeah. That changed. Yeah. It, Cause yeah. it's, it's what him and hammerheads. Yeah. That are doing right. that in, in buggies at the moment. But right. it's way off. Oh, man, I hope I'm not. I chromata, not using a tape measure. It looks way bigger than Shannon Wrench's buggy. Or you don't think so? Oh, hard to tell. Hard to tell when they pull up and they look the same. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But I, but I yeah. must admit, and maybe it's the white versus the pop yep. of color and that. Yeah, but, that's right. But Shannon's car looks quite. Um, how do I say this? What am I trying to say? Like it looks quite short and and like it's a. Yeah. So is that is that because you're used to seeing them in America with forties on them and everything maybe. like that? And then Shannon because the Wilson car is huge. Yeah, it looks ginormous. Yes. Same with the Parkhouse one. Yes. It looks yep. ginormous. But is yep. that the 40s on it that really make everything seem over-exaggerated? Yep. Like, no, I, I know like what you're Billy, saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to put 40s on Shannon's and see what it looks like. Yeah. But it is a smaller frame, though, isn't it? Oh, I genuinely do not know. I, man, again, we're making big statements. Yeah. But put it down below. If you, if someone knows, Shannon, get on and tell us, <laughs> is yours an Australian spec hammerhead or is it a full-size hammerhead? Yeah. Because, again, I'll throw it out there. I chromata, Josh. Yeah. It doesn't look like a Wilson car. But if it is, well, then I apologize. Yeah, yeah. It could just be tires. Because I guess it, the same deal. Like, they're, they're bringing them over, like, Four wheels G6 is yes. full size. Well, that's funny. Hey, when yeah. he said it's a full size, I went, really? Yeah. Like, I thought that it was definitely an Aussie spec one, but yep. no, full size G6. Yep. And same with Toby's is a full size as well, isn't it? The Tisco? Yeah. Not sure? Not sure. No, but well, I, I think so. Well, it's I on 40s. It, yeah, yeah, girl. that's right. That's right. And it does have the 40s sit side by side. Double spares. Yep. Yep, <laughs> Which so. shows how big It's a big are, car, right? right? Yeah. Like, you, you yep. sort of lose. Bose Mason as yep. well. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, but gee, they're fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suppose, hey, Dad, when you uh, roll through the big stuff on forties, it makes all those bumps smaller eventually, doesn't it? So, yeah. yeah. And you're talking about like, isn't it crazy now? We're talking about cars with like 25, 26 inches of wheel travel, like, like nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah Forty inch tires. Yeah. No, it's a, it's an interesting game now. So, what? but it but it's interesting because then because <laughs> then 
you turn around and like guys like um, you know, well, Haby's uh, still running thirty fives. Well, and I was going to say like the the current leaders of your Australian Championship, like, well, honestly, right at the moment, the guy that just won Aora, like, is in a Jimco with a Prolite motor. Yep. And the and guy that's thirty threes, I think yeah, he's racing on. And the guy that's leading the AORC is in a Jimco Aussie spec. Yep. And I'm not saying that Jimco Aussie specs are the go. I, I, I actually, well, I, I, Jimco will hate me for saying this. Will I think, I think, well, they will in the sense that I, I think you can make anything reason like you know all the products now oh, right. are so good. It's driver, yeah, and then it's also how much time you've got into development. Yeah, and I suppose if you looked at a a numbers game, like an Aussie spec has a fair chance of winning, doesn't it? Because there's what's there's got to be thirty or forty or. Reckon there's more, fifty of them. Nah, not fifty, bro. I reckon you'd be surprised if you started counting. Like I was just, I'll just start running through. <laughs> like Danny Oric had one. Pinto had one. No, Danny Oric. Yes, he did. Had an Aussie spec. Yes, he did. The grey one was an, a mid-engine Aussie spec. It was one of the first ones. Shannon Wrenches had a couple. As in the eight bangers. Yeah. Mid-engine. Nah, no, she was a two thousand, Russ. Okay. Right. Well, anyway, well, sorry, you got me. On Don't the question me on two thousands. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, like, oh, listen, again, you could go through them and there's got to be a ton of them. How many have the OBR had? <laughs> all of Seriously. them? Seriously. <laughs> well, how many have Comiskey had? Yeah, all of them. You know what I mean? Like, they start But are they all the same ones? Because uh, I guess if you talk about Pintos, OBRs, Comiskeys. Yep, PWI. Was no, it Hedricks? No, no, but I guess what I'm saying is they're all the same one. Yeah, but I'm, I've just given you another one, Hedricks. So Brett that's Martin. now Stones. Yep. Yep. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'd just be... Oh, 50, you, you look, I guess down. what I'm saying. No, I'm not trying to shut you down. Yeah. I'm just saying 50 would probably shock me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe. I'm going to get on the line yeah. to Jimco, and they're going to give me a number, and I'm going to go, here you go. It's Mike, 40, 46. Mike, it's Dan Curran. Who? Do you, know, do you know who I am? And he goes, no, you're an idiot. Yeah. No, no. But, um, yeah, if someone said 30 to 40, I'd probably. Oh, wow. Yeah. 30 to 40 he's happy with. 50. <laughs> mate, just too much. You're an idiot. <laughs> Well, you heard the man. <laughs> you, Oakley, Doakley, Oakley. But yeah, yeah, no, no, you're you're right. Like, and it's oh, the man, same who, as who we were having this discussion with the other day. But we said if if Shannon was in a natural aspirated V8 mid engine Tatum, yep, and won seven titles in a row, yep, well, not in a row, but won seven or eight titles. That's what most people would be gravitating towards. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And even before but, but, that, but like, that, I mean, Mark a, Burrows was yeah. the man. It, Mark Burrows led that charge as yep. well, you know. There's a number of yep. them that all push that agenda. And that's not a knock on anything. That's no. how the that's how all forms of yep. any form of competitive sport go. Yeah. Like, this will bore the crap out of people. But look at the NRL, like the Melbourne Storm. Yep. Like, they <sighs> they wrestled. But but that's all I'm saying is is they started a technique that won, and that's the way the way everyone went. No, no, totally yeah. agree. Yeah. No, no, and, so, and so I can't it's, agree it's, more. It's, it's not a, it's not a shot at, at motorsport in any way, shape, no. or form. It's it's the way competitive sport. Well, goes. even down to we bought a Jimco two thousand because again we knew that we were getting a solid package mm. that we could understand, and mm. other people knew how to work with yes. us. You know what I mean? Like yep. it was an LS, Fortin four speed. It, that lot of things made sense. You start going down the one offs and. There is a lot of benefits for crazy one-off custom design things, yep. but R&D is not one of them. Yeah. yeah you are right. doing all the R&D. You're doing all the development. Yep. It's it's going to be. And, it, and that is another one that it doesn't matter about the cubic dollars. Like, look at the dramas that Concrete Motorsport had with the Masomatic in that, um, behind that Joe Gibbs motor. Yep. Like, and 
there's cubic dollars. Yep. Like every amount of thing, every stone that could be turned over probably every would have been turned over before they went to a race. Mm. But they still had dramas. Yeah. 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 And that is R and D. Like I think they're getting on top of it now and, and yep. having some good finishes. And I think now there's Mesa Maddox. Andy McMillan's changed over to Joe Gibbs motor as well. So like there's another person doing R and D with the same people and stuff like that. Bro, you know what's crazy? Like we were talking about R and D. Now we yeah, really anyhow, we talk about R and D. You know what blows my mind is I guess I was is people like go and do a heap of testing and then rock up to a race and look at a racetrack and go, oh, I'm gonna completely change my car. Did we not talk about this yeah. at dinner tonight? Yeah. It blows me away. And listen, we're losers that don't really race, but that's the Can one you stop thing. Stop saying that, bro. I'm feeling personally. No. Well, I I want to yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. no one's going to go. Hey, you know what we need to do? Follow the the guidance of these guys. Yeah. But, but we do hang out with legit racers, like yeah. some real race guys. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's and it blows me away that dudes do this old. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? Change every part on my car for prologue. Why? Why? You want a car that you're comfortable in and yes. you understand and you know that if you get to that bump, it's going to pump yeah. this way. Yep. Like dudes that do all these tune changes, like, yeah, it, it yeah, blows yeah. me away. Yeah, we've, we've gone and done six weeks or six weeks, six days of testing. Yep. This is the tune where we feel the most comfortable. Yep. We've now walked the prologue track or say yep. we've walked – you know, the first, or, yep. or we've done the first 15 kilometers yep. of this track. The and car's the best it's ever, ever been. been. Let's change it. Let better put 33s on it. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, okay, yeah, you might, oh, 33s, it'll be more snappy. Yep. Yeah, but how's it going to react when it hits that bump? Correct. That's, or, and or, it's now different or, or now you have to shift gear. Like, your muscle memory of shifting gears is all totally different. Yep. Like, the speed. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. how I um, hit this every time. Isn't Prologue the nitrous lap? Ah, <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's Hey, Mickey B, we need to talk to you about how to weld up a chassis, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Got to seal this thing up. Pressure tester. Yeah, no, it's, it was, I don't know why it came to me just then, but I was like, isn't it crazy? Like, yeah, people will go and do, well, I suppose just talking about R&D. Yeah. Like, yeah, people will go and do And like, we're not talking about anyone. You see this time and time, time again. again. Like, this has been happening since we've been involved with racing. Where yeah. Yeah, you get there, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, really happy with the truck. So I turned all the tubes. Yeah, all yeah. Buggy. I did, didn't mean truck or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, You know, whatever it is. Like, you know, yep. fine. It can be a side-by-side, -side, but, yep. you know, oh, I'm going to change this part that I've never changed before for Prologue. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. this makes no sense. I don't understand it. And like, now we're starting to see the other side of it, where we see guys like Bo and Billy and people like that, where they are now prologuing with a decent amount of fuel on board with yeah. their spare still on board and everything like yep. that. And the idea behind that is that they know the car. They yes. know how it's going to react. They know yep. how it's going to break. That's how we race it 95% yep. of the time. So that's yep. how we're going to race it. And that, that extra 10th or half a second, we might pick up along the, the start straight or along the big straight, you know, of prologue is, you know, not that advantageous when we now know how it's going to break and it's going to handle the bumps yep. and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, and we're not talking about 400 horsepower cars anymore, are we? Like, you know, the, the, the 800 horsepower that they're making is going to move that car no matter what. Yeah. But I mean, if you do something like go to a higher gear. Yes. Diff. Yep. With the aim of, well, we'll go flat out faster. Yes. But then they forget, well, coming out of the corners, it's not going to yep. pick up as fast. Yeah. That's well, right. I think, so I at think the end of the day, I see or, it tends to be the other way, Dad. 
they, lower they the tend gear. to lower it for prologue and then it like you know they're in the wrong gears yes uh, right yep. that's yep. what i see yeah happening. yeah yeah that, that's probably the big one as i see is people making gear ratio yeah. changes for yep. prologue and then not like i said that muscle memory like mm. hey i stand off the start line i normally have like i know the motor's revving the same mm. but it's normally hey i stand off the start line when i'm doing this speed like yep. everything feels normal you pull another gear you pull another gear where like hey i pull for i pull go first to second do you want to admit it or not like your brain remembers all mm. this stuff so all of a sudden now if you've got shorter gear ratios or taller gear ratios it's however you want to talk yep. it, yeah yeah yep. Um, it's now two and a half seconds yeah. before you've got to pull every gear. And yeah. you, oh, this yeah. feels, and then you come into the corner and you knock it back to third, like because I'm doing this speed, so I probably need to knock it back to third to power out of it. Mm. And you over rev the motor, and yeah. you know yeah. you lock well, it up. I'm, and, I'm sure yeah. hey, we're talking. One of the guys that I know, and he'll tell you, I'm sure he will. Like Bill Geddes was one of them that changed to a lower overdrive, underdrive, didn't he? Yeah, and, and he said up on and the, the limiter. And then he goes, I've got, I've got no more gears, man. It's yeah. out, of, out of gear. So yep. you know, like, and that was just. I understand you got to ch- try things, but he he's such a good driver and he's so comfortable in hellboy like yeah, in his yeah, truck yeah. when he's in it like you can tell when bill's comfortable he's just on fire like, yeah yeah looking at don yeah and and i don't know mate you know who we got to get on we got to get on greg gartner because if there's a man that's comfortable <sighs> boy yeah that guy's loose <laughs> no no seriously <laughs> he's loose. yeah no but it was so good because um, in a decent sounding truck yeah. yeah hey listen that's another one. Oh man we are going down tangents a few of them now are starting to sound pretty good. Bill's, Bill's changed yes. his exhaust. It yep. sounds good, good now. Stuff. Yep. Comiskey yeah. sounds Comiskey good. Comiskey sounds good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's so good that they're starting to fix that boat sound. So if you don't know wow. what we're talking about, it was very common and it makes sense from a packaging point of view. Yep. But the old V8 out the side, no X pipe, man, they sound like boats at certain set and they're, they're Two, fast. Five, three Holdens. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, they've really nailed down the sound now because yep. oh, there, there's some nice sounding trucks. Yep. Yes. Yeah, well, Toby's got a center exit now, hasn't it as well? Like it's yep. a, a, has always had in that Tisco truck. I mean, yep. that's a bit of a thing that they're all on now. Really, I thought he sounded pretty. Oh, here oh. we go. Oh, <laughs> old fine. That's because it's a Chevy. But, but, didn't, but. Sa- didn't sound like guts. But you've also got to call a spade a spade. Greg's Greg's geezer is not his truck that he built like remember that truck that he built oh yeah yeah yeah, <sighs> yeah the second he one shut the gate the first yeah. one was amazing yeah yeah the, well he's the, probably had a couple yeah yeah the the but, second one yeah like the one he had before he changed to the geezer i mean yeah. when that thing when he put the albums in that that carison ford svo and greg just pulling gears i mean that was i'll say it almost almost as good as Mick Marsons. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, almost. Yes. I mean, it, like, and when I say not quite mix, like maybe like a quarter of a percent off. <laughs> I tell you what though, I suppose we're lucky with the rear engine buggies. There's some good sounding V8 oh, KBs. buggies. Around. Yeah. Kent yeah. sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Now, Dad. Like at Don, it was yeah, okay. going like, yeah. Yeah. There's a few, cause I suppose you've got many options to blend the exhaust, don't you? Like you can do all sorts of like, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, four into two into one into yeah, joints. Jazz, and, yeah. 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 You can do all sorts of stuff. You can do eight into one if that's what you, you know, if you, but you can do it. It's just whether you want to do it packaging wise, but yep. yeah, there's a lot of good things you can do. And I understand that trucks have a lot more going on from oh, getting yeah, from the front, front to the to back, back, you know, that's the drama. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You just do eight and then just an out stack out the bottom. Who was, uh, who was old mate in America that had the 
eight and a one exhort. No, Duralast. still does, yeah. Duralast. Well, I was going to say, am I on the right track? I think Eisenhower has an eight stacked. That F one fifty is a, you know, the uh, F yeah, truck yeah, trophy yeah, truck yeah, thing. Yeah. I think it might be stacked as well. Yeah. Like eight stacks, so eight eight into one. one. It's not really an eight stack. I apologize. No, no. Yeah, but no, interesting. So listen, then next thing, because uh, we get it back onto off road race, and we're yeah. talking. What do you, Kalgoorlie? Well, what do you want to talk about next? We did Warialda. We went to. Well, I went to Warialda with uh, young Zico yeah, and Comato. Yes, he definitely slept. There was a lot of driving. I don't know how he slept in that Ranger. It's that damn noisy that thing. But anyway, he uh, he didn't struggle, and we went all the way to Warialda. Caught up with um, Mad Dog. And Mitchie, those yeah. boys were down there. Pricey Chapman. Yeah. And um, who else was out there? Because there was a few guys, like Naps had a pretty good run, although oh, yeah. unfortunately got a tree. Oh. Yeah. There was some good cars. Uh, Justin Guy won that one. Yes. In the Jimco. Another good 2000. Yeah. Very cool car. And he drove really well. Like just Pricey? Uh, had a few issues over the course. Uh, so, poor guy, eh? <laughs> So the first one, Murray did not let him get away. He was doing as as he shouldn't. They didn't have their um, window net because it's got a, a fixed. It's not a drop window net like with a top. It rack. opens up. It opens up. That's how Jimco champions do it. And um, she blew open on the second lap. Oh, they and black they tried, flagged him. They black flagged him, so he had to stop, clip it shut, and that lost him thirty seconds. And then he drove really well on the long course. And was doing pretty well. I think he was on in third at that point, maybe in fourth. But in he was off that second row of the grid, and then he had some belt issues. It was throwing belts. It's a new motor. Is it a Polaris? No, like a, as in, <laughs> oh. yeah, drive belts off the front, like the alternator and that sort of thing, and the water pump, and yeah, oh, that, that stops up pretty quick. Yeah, so does, yeah. he ended up getting another belt, and I believe, I hope I've got the right story. It did it again. I think they ended up having some pulley issues or something that they're going to go. Something home and was sort quite out. aligned. Yeah, yep. oh, and typical uh, mad dog, just happy as Larry. Yeah. He just rolled into the commentary box, goes, yep. oi. Ha- having a good oi, time. It's our weekend. That's yeah. how it goes. Because I suppose take they wanted, obviously, to three-peat it because they've been twice. The yes. King. Yep. And um, once that was out the window, because that happened with the belt, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They weren't winning. Yep. Justin Guy was on fire, like yep. absolutely like killing it. And um, so I think they got to the point where they were like, oh, well, that's racing. Yeah. Let's have a good time. Had a Corona. No stress, yep. you know? Yep. Those no, you got to say no fruit for a second there. No, I wasn't <laughs> going to say, yeah, well, I probably had no fruit, but anyway. Um, yeah, had a really good time. And I mean, it was just a great weekend all around. Unfortunately, massive case for me. I only got there on Friday night, like after yep. dark. And then I was back home in Yapoon on Sunday night at one o'clock or something. So I didn't get to so hang Monday out. Monday morning? Monday morning. Yes. Didn't get to hang out with the crew quite as much as I really would have loved to, but um, yeah, that no, was a good time, man. Warialda is always one of those races that honestly, you should put it on your calendar. Like if you're local, because it is local for off-road racing. If you're in Brisbane or any of those areas, yep. it's a good race. You've been down there. See? Yes. You've, yeah. you've loved it. And there's always just a good feeling. Uh, it was green. It was wild helicopter and ultralight pilots cruising around. It was like the guy that sponsors it and that just cruising around having a good time adds to the race. Hey, it like really you, does. I reckon honest, like cut back to Don for a second here. I reckon I saw as much footage of the helicopter and the pilot of the helicopter as I did of race cars that week, like in the pits afterwards, people showing us videos of the, um, and they always involve the race car and then the helicopter coming along. All right. It, 
adds to the sport, man. Listen, the one thing that you've got to give the Don crew over almost every other race, and I know that's a big call, but there is no footage like Don River Dash footage. Yeah. They've really T-Bots. like nailed it. It's just, I mean, mm-hmm. it's everything though, isn't it? It's uh, the right yeah. location. Yep. It's the right availability. It's the right, the Bowen Shire is involved. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just everything about that race yep. is spot on. It's it's yep. so hard to get. Cause it's that's lightning a, in a bottle. Yeah. Well, because the other thing is, and talking about the other race, and I know everyone's sick of us talking about Fink, but it's another one where the reason that it's so good is that it's got the council behind it. It's yep. got the, you know, the it's government. got the, there's the mayors out there, you yep. know, like there's so many, like you don't get many opportunities where the race and the mayors out there on a Sunday watching the dirt bikes go around, you know, that, mm. that happens at both Fink and at Don River. Yes. Mm. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Hey, listen, if you're, you're a struggling little club in, in Southeast Queensland, we're not knocking you. We, yeah, we yeah. appreciate what you do. I'm not, yeah. but it's just one of those crazy things. Like, like you said, it's just where everything comes together and they just go, Hey, yeah. What do we need to do? You yeah. know, yeah. there's counselors, there's every, that like the council was there loving the race and that yes. doesn't happen that often. Not with dirt racing. Hey, <laughs> come, come and race under our national highway. We, we love you to do yeah, that. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, when's that right. happen? So no, it's really cool. And the guys, yeah, again, strength and strength up there at Don. It's going to be a big year next yep. year. Going to be interesting. And cause you know, the other thing is that, more people are traveling. It always yeah. gets bigger. Like yep. Habies have been there. Yeah. Aaron literally said, Hey, I'm going to go home and tell everyone. everyone. Not that they don't know about yeah. it, but you know, that you need to make it happen. Yep. And saying, you know, this is one of those things that slowly it's going to end up like, you know, we're going to get gut. Well, hey, Greg, hey, Greg, I'm sure. Yeah. Come on up. Stuff your potatoes. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be one of those races that are, that continue to go from, uh, from strength to strength. Yep. But uh, so what? After Warrior what do we got? We got uh, Kalgoorlie coming up. Yeah, Kalgoorlie's the big one now, really, isn't it? Like, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. We've, well, we we probably can't get too involved in uh, making predictions there because we, we got a bit of. Are you saying we're a little bit biased? We are definitely very biased. Like, yes. uh, you know, we, we've got a couple of Queenslanders in that race. I think points wise, there is opportunity that, well, it, it, even Kamiski could be in that, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so you know. We- you want to quickly run through some of the cars that are in the field? So Let's we've got Ryan Taylor. So these are probably some of our championship contenders. We've got Ryan Taylor. We have Swindlehurst there, Jake. He's uh he's there in the 49. Uh Elphinstone. So Shane Elphinstone, that's, that's his right. local race yes. there as well. He's had a couple of good finishes. Ooh, what are we? Oh, Ursic's gonna be there. We talk about Ursic before. You know what? He doesn't actually. It's just called Ursic Custom Engineering. Well, he's still building it right yeah, at the moment. Yeah. He's just no, no. It. He's, oh. he's he's he. Yeah, they've they've raced it before. Got this one. Yeah. yeah so he's got yes. the new frame as well. Yes. Now. Yes. Yep. It does have the new frame. What else have we got in our extreme four wheel drive? We do have Gigi's going to be there. We have An extreme four wheel drive. Ah, uh, extreme two wheel drive. Gotcha. Sorry, bud. No, extreme, that's right. Class four. I was just thought, are you breaking news here? Or no, 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 definitely not. Comiskey's there. So, yeah, we talk about, uh, particularly with Kalgoorlie being points and a half as well. That's it right. It flings the championship wide open. Yep. So then we have... Uh, OBR. Uh, OBR are there, but yep. they are in the geezer, in the geyser. So I believe they made the call to park the Mason up, do a bit of R&D on it. Next year with the seven-liter rule, I think they're already moving towards building a seven-liter and getting that in it. Uh, smoothies there. So, uh, man, yeah. It's a heck of a good field. Like, yeah. uh, what do we got? Well, it'll be cool to see Smoothie too. Like, 
he's got that new truck coming as well. So, yes, you know, like to run the geyser, you know, one last time. Because yeah. assumably his Mason well, will be here next year. Yeah, and we talk about that's a car that's going to be on the market as well. The uh, I believe Bose might end up being on the market too, like with the Mason being here as well. So that's cool. You'll see some cars moving forward. But, yeah, Kalgoorlie should be an interesting one. Like you said, points and a half for the, mm-hmm. uh, for the final round of the championship. So, so you're pitching if you're looking for a good geyser truck. There's, There's a couple, couple for sale. sale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all out of Western Australia too. Yeah. So yeah, no, it should be um should be very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So is there any or like what about some of the other like side by sides? Are we still got Simon Evans and those guys racing? Well, they should be with the I gotta try and remember numbers there. What six thirty six? Oh, that'll get you. Yeah, they keep you guessing. Because uh, yeah, six thirty-five. Yeah. I do see that uh, Jackson Evans and Simon Evans, six thirty-five, six thirty-six, are there. Who else have we got? Yeah, well, Cage Checker Racing. That's that uh, Jason Galea. He's been around racing in extreme. Oh no, in performance four-wheel drive for a while. Good to see that uh, Warren Luff's going to be there as well in the in the Wilkinshaw Performance Class Seven. So they've really made a a big lunge this year. Uh, Roadrunner Off Road are going to be there as well. In class eight. So, yeah. I heard a rumor that Ford was going to run next year in production four-wheel drive. Really? Well, the other big one is apparently like extreme four-wheel drive buggy. They've got the... He brushed over that, I did, I did. Well, the performance motorsport side-by-side might be there. Is that the big news, is it? I don't know if it's big news, but it's news. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. What's it running, though? It's, I don't know, they've got it sort of in their own category. But I was going to say, it's got a V8 in it. Yeah, they've called it Extreme Four-Wheel Drive Buggy, but it's still got a Class 8 number. Yeah. So 828. I don't see why it wouldn't be Class 8. Yeah, it's Class 8. Because if they're running Hayden Bentleys, it's the same thing, but without a body. It doesn't get a body. Oh. So what's the Ford What are these rules? What's the Ford thing you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, with yeah. their new Raptor. I, oh, yeah. There's a rumor getting around that Ford are interested in getting in the AORC, which would be interesting okay. considering that essentially by proxy, Volkswagen are kind of involved in it, aren't they? With the 550. Oh, yeah. Buff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With, so you imagine uh, if you had, sure. you imagine if you had a couple of production four wheel drive. Now, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting it's going to be a full no, factory. No, but there is but, obviously some factory support there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean heck. Can't tell me that Wilkinshaw aren't tapping into all their resources available mm. to be able to build the best off-road race car that yep. they can. And my understanding is that the Raptor, again, don't quote me on any of these numbers. I need to look it up. But the Raptor's pretty snappy, apparently. She's like sub six seconds, zero to hundreds and that sort of thing, like with the, okay. the new motor and that. Adjustable on the fly suspension, but now whether that becomes an issue because there's way it's too much, much technology yeah, on board, yeah, that's always like you yeah, know, there's hits, a lot of things to go wrong. At Fink, hits the first bump and yeah. just freaks out because we're we're not doing this. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. no, it'll be interesting to see because I mean I've told the story before. I don't know if I've ever told it on this podcast, but uh, we used to do a lot of um we commentated for the side by side national championship, and Cody Crocker was there and he was involved with the first. Ranger Raptor when it came it out, too. yes, and they did a lot of the R and D and stuff out at um, Think yes. on that truck, and he was actually the driver. Him and his navigator, they actually um, drove the car for the advert that everyone sees. So if you're looking at the old Think, uh, sorry, the old 
Raptor, the old shape Ranger Raptor videos, the the old blue one going through the desert. That's actually the Fink. It's actually oh. at the Alice Springs Off Road Club. So oh. I probably shouldn't say it's on the Fink track. I think some of it might have been. Well, on they the could Fink use the Fink track. Technically, it's a it's registered, registered car. It's Absolutely. a gazetted road. Yep. No, so I believe that they did use a bit, but I think there is a a, a montage of uh, Alice Springs Off Road Club track as well in there. Yep. But yeah, he said, and he said, then he goes, it's the closest thing to a race car that you can. Drive, drive on, on the, the road. road. He goes, it's, it's mm. and from a guy that daily drives Porsches as part of the break-in period, because that's his day job for Cody Crocker. He drives the Porsches around because they've got to do a pre-inspection. I think it's like 600 Ks or something. So, so if, if you, you buy, if you buy a brand new Porsche in Sydney, it's had Cody Crocker do a lap. I should, we should get him on one day and tell oh, a story, wow. but that was his day job back yeah. in those days was essentially, he hiring? was the, yeah, what a job, eh? Yeah. Yeah. He had a loop that he did. He cruises around. He goes, yeah, I can't remember exactly how far it was. But yeah, but it was just a couple to make sure, that, make sure that every nut was tight. Yeah, it drove sure. well. It they, did. It did all this. It didn't have any factory yep. faults. Because obviously sure. the 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 you can't get a a Porsche like a couple of hundred thousand dollar car and then go oh a week later it needs to go back in for a tighten up and a service like yes. So you know they want to give that experience that it's ready to go and yep. obviously. Yeah, yep. doesn't get to do any skids or anything as you well, can you've imagine. Got to, you got to check the limiter works. Eh? <laughs> I don't know about that. Sign him up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, so it's interesting because he was definitely very pro it, which sort of surprised me, to be honest with you. Not not in the sense that, you know, from a guy that's been in side-by-sides, a guy that's been factory Subaru rally cars, you know, turn around and go, oi, Dan, it's good. You're like, uh, yeah, oh, right. Yeah, like, right. It's not just a dual cab ute with like some good shocks on it. Yep. Like it's, it's good, yep. you know, yep. which I suppose makes sense. Like, I mean, they've got longer, you know, cast arms and they do all that. It, it is a... It is a highly modified Ranger, isn't it? It's, it's got not Badger mode. Badger. Baja. What? What? Like it chews, chews dams <laughs> down or something? What? What's it do? Oh, it's got Baja mode. It doesn't do. Yeah, yep. doesn't do. I think it opens the exhaust a bit. Ooh, performance oh. mode. Sounds like a thong. Well, I guess they realize <laughs> so it sounds like a what? Thong slapper. Oh, thong slapper. Or Game bigger, changer. They sell the crap out of seventy nines, and they sound like that. Let's join in this party. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. No, it'll be interesting because be they're starting to get around on the road. There's yep. a couple floating around in CQ yeah, right. now. So there's right. an orange one floating around your boom. Yeah, damn. Saw it today. I don't get out enough. 79s or Raptors? <laughs> no, we're back, we're back on the Fords at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I knew that. This, this Dirtbags podcast is a little uh, anti 79s, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Right, JC, as we wrap it up, you're an experienced man in all your years of Ooh. four-wheel driving. Greatest mod for a four-wheel drive. You got, you got, let's say you got, let's say who cares what it is. You're getting ready for a Cape trip. You got three to five grand. What are you spending your money on? Well, you, you need decent tires, don't you? Yep. Uh, you need like well, his, welding, like, welding rods for his Lincoln. I was going to say, say like in 40 inch pack of welding rods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pack of welding rods. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Do you actually need? Diff locks to go to the Cape. Oh, okay. You 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 just want a dunger with the boys. Yeah. Let, let's just say you're 19 again. No, you weren't single at 19. You're 17 again. No, you weren't far out. <laughs> and yeah, you make it up. Okay, you're a young fella. You're single. You're 18 years old. Knowing what you know now, what are you doing to have a good time with the boys at Five Rocks, Nine Mile, stuff like that on the weekend? 
Oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this question. How far has he got to drive it? Oh, no, no, just it's it's his dunger. Don't have, don't have to drive it to Fraser or anything. No, no, no. Right. Just just your dunger. Oh well, mate. Being a Chrysler man, we'll put a three eighteen. You know. Yep. With a four barrel. Yep. Bit of head work, so oh. you can pull seven grand, seven half. Did yep. you yep. just build a carb fed seventies? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't listen to a word this guy says. Into a short wheelbase. Probably Jeep or CJ6 or 7 or something. Yep. Yep. And just show everyone how it's done. Yep. I like it. I don't think I'd need a locker. Just right tires, right pressure. Yep. Yeah. Like for sand running and stuffing around, like you probably don't need a locker, eh? And I'd probably. That makes a good difference. And I'd probably go auto, eh? Yep. Mm. If we're talking sand. Well, I guess, okay, YouTube's available because it's nowadays. So you could just pull, if it had an LSD factory, you could. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. get that and shim the crap out yeah, of it in the absolutely, rear. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yep. Oh, I like it. I yeah, like yeah. it. Not bad. So no money. Very, on, very so, different. So tires, V8 auto. Yeah. What about your suspension? Yeah, no maybe, money there. maybe a bit of suspension. You got to yeah. have a bit of up travel. Yeah, yeah. Cold set leaves and mud road. True, true. He did. He did yeah. say it old CJ. So that is leaf sprung, but yeah. that's the control. Well, we're talking. Roots. What are we talking? Eighties or something? No, no, no. I said like today. Oh, today. Yeah. I must admit, I've probably never done 400 horsepower with leaf springs. All our leaf spring cars yeah, have been be like rose, 100 horsepower. It'd still be fun, but. Yeah, well, I would. It'd yeah. just be wild. I like it. Have to I go. Like have to go. Well, if you're talking today, uh, 6.4 heavy. Oh, your budget's going through the roof. Yeah. What are you making it to, bud? What, and what are you putting it in? Actually, because I that's a very wide set of cylinder heads. I know there. where I can get a 6.1. <laughs> just don't tell mum. Have you admitted the jewels that don't you actually own that car yet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course I have. Yeah, I like it. I like it. There's uh, def- man, you're a Chrysler head though. You you love taking yeah, hard parts. Oh no, no. It, it well, people wonder where we get it from, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's read, your, read your history books, pretty much. <laughs> everything. Oh, here we everything, go. Oh, in the, here he's going to punch on in the car park. Yeah, if you mention an run. LS again. Everything. Good OP, mate. OP. Listen, mate. I reckon my LS would smoke your Mopar. Let's do this. What? <laughs> I just like fighting. I just like stirring him up. Ford and Chev, mate. Follow us. Single cam. Don't want any of those. Push rods for life. Multiple spark plug things. It's all, nothing but dramas, mate. Yeah, what does it cost you to put spark plugs in that 6.1? I've never done it. Oh. <laughs> Zero maintenance. She's good to go. It's got two on each cylinder. Uh, loves it. Yeah. Got if a one, spare. If one fails, it's still good. Yeah. I like Gold. it. Well. Thanks for joining oh, us tonight, Jason. I was going to say, on that bombshell. <laughs> on that bombshell. Our dad is still a died in the wall Chrysler fan. Absolutely. If you um, if you own a 79. No, no, yeah, don't listen to this. Our pure hatred. Not hatred. Oh, hatred. Yeah, yeah stuff. No. no, dislike. Overpriced mediocrity. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not my opinion. That's the auto expert's opinion. Oh, oh. YouTube. Old king over here. Oh, yeah, I tell you what, though. Ruthie, Mahindra's. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, very good. Very good. All right, legend. It has been very good catch up with you. Hopefully, uh, some people know how much of a legend this guy is and how much he's taught us along the way. And uh, we'll see you on the next podcast, John. <laughs>